This is the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Education Outreach and Training Committee. Today's date is November 28. Uh, Chair Hyland, would you like to introduce the meeting? Uh, please go ahead, Cheryl. Thank you. Or please go ahead, Pat. This is a Sunshine Ordinance Task Force City and County of San Francisco. Uh, we are we have a hearing of the Education Outreach and Training Committee uh, in hearing room 408, City Hall 1, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, San Francisco, California. Today's date is November 28. I have uh, 535 uh, starting the meeting. Uh, remote access and or in-person participation. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance, in-person public comment, remote access for petitioners and respondents, and remote public comment via teleconference. Uh, the WebEx remote link login, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L period dot C-O-M forward slash 36-P-Z-B-Y-A-X, password is Sunshine. Today's call-in number. 415-655-0001. Meeting ID is 2597-409-5823 pound pound. Press star three to enter the speaker line. Um, Chair Highland, do you want to read meeting decorum? Uh, please go ahead. Members of the public may participate by phone or may submit their comments by email to SOTF at sfgov.org. All comments received will be made a part of the official record. Sunshine Task Force agendas and their associated documents are available at sfbos.org forward slash sunshine. Meaning decorum, any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to the disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Shall we begin with item number one? Please. Item number one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Um, I am not aware of any agenda changes. Are members of the committee aware? None here. None. Uh, no. No. That's coming. We will. I'll do it just a second. Okay. Uh, I'm just checking for agenda changes right now to see if anybody's aware. We should do call to order first to acknowledge people in the room so that if they did have an agenda change, they can do it. Roll call. Member Pilpel. Present. Member Pilpel present. Member Hill. Present. Member Hill present. Mem Chair Highland. Present. Chair Highland present. We have a quorum. Shall we call for item number two? Please. Item number two, approval of the minutes from the Education Outreach and Training Committee, September 26, 2023, regular meeting. Mr. Chair. Member Pilpel. Uh, yes. So a um, couple of things. One, uh, thank you for the opportunity to chair that last meeting in your absence. I, I hope I did not bring any discredit upon the company. <laughs> Um, I did uh, provide to Cheryl some uh, written uh, edits, and I will so move with the edits just to um, make clear the more significant ones in the record, adding the 
meeting location. Um, it occurs to me that since the meeting was captioned as a special, uh, sorry, as a rescheduled meeting, then we should probably um, have the minutes reflect not as a regular meeting, but a rescheduled meeting. I didn't mark that up. Cheryl, you got that? We should call this a rescheduled meeting because that's what it was on the agenda. Is that because we skipped a month? No, it's because we moved the time up um, okay. to, oh, that's another thing. Um, sorry. We moved the time up to 4.30. So I'll, I'll catch those two on the edits as well. Sorry about right. that. Um, anyway, on item one, uh, public comment, just to add the word today to make more clear uh, Mr. Sullivan's comment that he understood that his complaints would not be heard by the committee today, but is agreeable on page three um, to add the word uh, minutes uh, on item four to add a new sentence under the Patrick Monet Shaw uh, complaint. Uh, petitioner Patrick Monet Shaw was absent but requested a continuance in advance. Victor Lim, public health respondent. Um, had no objection to the continuance request, just so that that's clear in the minutes. Um, on item five, Mr. Dworetsky filed, I believe it's a petition with the supervisor of records. Uh, he needed additional time. Uh, some other things. Next page, Mr. Hamilton, blah, 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 reviewed by him and his supervisors and that no confidentiality was compromised. I didn't understand the conflict of confidentiality. That just seemed a little odd. Um, clarifying task force in the motion on the public comment from Mr. Sullivan, although Mr. Sullivan may have provided the following written summary of his public comment, I don't believe that that um, obviates the need to have a summary of his public comment. So we should extract from the tape something about Mark Sullivan stated whatever, and then his written summary is included as well, but some characterization of his comments, whatever, however. Um, at item six, although there was discussion about SF Safe as an organization, the complaint was actually filed by HB Safe, and so that should be uh, clear capitalizing police department um, on the top of the next page, the Richard Johnson uh, line speaking on behalf of the petitioner noted that SF safe comma, a nonprofit organization to make clear the difference um, was hosting zoom meetings at the time for the police department. Um, inserting that disposition of this item. Um, and on item nine, the EOT work plan, um, just to add a sentence, member Hill um, expressed interest in updating the task force website. So when history comes back and asks what the heck happened, <laughs> the answer. And then uh, referencing that no action was taken and uh, the rest of it was pretty straightforward. Um, anyway, with those um, edits as further amended, I so move uh, approval of this. Set of minutes. <clears throat> I'll second that. Great. Thank you, Member Pilpel, for reading that into the record. 
Um, any public comment on those minute edits? And I don't know if Victor is online doing online comments or are we doing everything from here? If there are any members, members of the public who would like to comment on this item, you're going to need to use a room mic. Can't use your computer mic. Just, just mute your computer mic. Just mute your computer. I know. Mic test. If there are any members of the public who would like to comment on this item, please press star three on your telephone or raise your hand using the app. And while we're waiting for that, I see no members in the room, no members of the public in the room stepping forward. So there are no callers with their hand raised. All right. Public comment is closed. And we can take a vote on that item. Cheryl, when you're ready. I second that. Moved by Phil Powell, seconded by him. Oh. Second one of the and Sharon. Thank you. All right. Ah, yay. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I want to note for the record at 546 that the heat was turned off. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're about to take a vote on the minutes. Member Pilpel? Aye. Turn this mic on. Member Pilpel, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Highland? Aye. Chair Highland, aye. All in favor to approve the minutes. Cheryl, test your microphone. I think it's on. But... Yes. Hello, hello. Yes. Are we ready for item number three? Yes, please. Item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the Education Outreach and Training Committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. 
If you would like to comment on this item, press star three on your telephone or raise your hand using the app. Or if you're present in the room. Or if you are present in the room. I see no callers raising their hands. No one in the room has stepped forward. This is general public comment, if anyone would like to make general public comment. All right, general public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item number four, file number 20055, hearing on the status of complaint filed by Liza Horowski against the Department of Public Health for violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and complete manner. On September 1, 2021, the Sunshine Task Force found that the Department of Public Health violated Administrative Code Sections 6721B, 6721C, and 6721E for failure to timely produce the requested records by failing to provide assistance to the petitioner. The task force ordered the respondent to comply with the complainant's request and referred the matter to the Education Outreach and Training Committee for monitoring. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give some background on this particular case. Um, this is a long-standing case that goes back some years. Um, it was before the full task force on September 1st, 2021, where uh, it was handed over to EOTC for monitoring of uh, fulfilling this uh, information request. Uh, since then, the task force did some research on both 12L and Department of Public Health's relationship with Conard. Uh, and we also looked at the contract between DPH and Conard House. And we sent a, an email to Ms. Morawski back. At, I'm sorry, I'm talking, ma'am. That's 20055. Is that, that about Ron? That's not about Conard House. That's what I'm talking. Can you not interrupt, please? You'll have a chance to speak. So thank you. I'm giving background on this case. So we did we did some research on that, and we sent uh, an email out uh, about um, about 12L and Conard House, and this this applies to several of the cases that uh, Ms. Morawski has brought before us. That's why I'm reading this into the record now. I'm going to read just quickly uh, 12L section five. Uh, just so it's in the record and people see where we're uh, where we are with this. Um, nonprofit subject to 12L must make available for public inspection and copying. Number one, the most recent budget provided to the city in a grant or contract application. Number two, the most recent tax returns, except to the extent privileged by law. And number three, financial audits or performance evaluations of the nonprofit done within the last two years by or for the city as long as these have not been designated as confidential. These documents need not be disclosed if doing so would reveal the identity of donors or the amount or nature of any donation. We also looked at the DPH Conard House contract. Um, and I'm going to read a selection from that. Uh, contractor acknowledges that this agreement and all records related to its formation, contractors' performance of services, and city's payment are subject to the California Public Records Act and the San Francisco Sunshine Ordinance. Such records are subject to public inspection and copying unless exempt from disclosure under federal, state, or local law. So, the summary of this is that 
the parameters of what we can help you or anybody with uh, when we're dealing with a 12L entity are very narrow and fairly limited. Uh, and so starting with that, uh, I will open the floor to, uh, actually, I see Ms. Morawski's here. Is Victor Lim here by any chance? He was noticed. Is he online? He is online. He is a panelist. Great. Okay. Can you, um, he's, he's, so you he can hear and he can talk. Okay. All right. Uh, this case has already been heard. This is really before the EOTC for monitoring. So we're, we're going to look at this case. We're not going to hear the merits again. We're not going to dive into the particulars, uh, but I will give each party um, three minutes to, um, uh, to, to talk. If I may, uh, Mr. Lim yes, is offline. Um, oh, okay. When he is back online, I will let you know. He was having some technical difficulty. He logged off and will be back momentarily. He wasn't getting the audio of the meeting. Okay, great. So, Ms. Rowski, we are talking about 20055. I know there's been some confusion in the past between that case and several other cases. Are you, are you aware of where we are with this case? Disagreement with that, actually. According to my records, 20055. And I sent all the documents to the EU in regards to it. It was ruled on in July. And oh, it's sorry, hold on one second. Do you have a phone on or something? Or is there, yeah, that has to, not that has, um, there's some feedback going on one second. Phones can do that. Is there still feedback? I think it might have been from on someone online, perhaps. Better, better. Okay, okay. So, 20055. Um, yeah, so 20055. If you looked at the, uh, did you look at our package or online package? Can you see this, the history of it? Like the very first page. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask that you don't interrupt me either. So that oh, we no, no. Can, I, I haven't, give, I haven't I given you three minutes. Ms. Morawski, hold on one second. This is going to go a lot more smoothly if we can do this correctly. Okay. I'm going to establish that 20055, all right, was a case that's already been heard. It's been, before the EOTC for monitoring. Are we in agreement with that? Because I'm, I don't want to reopen and argue the merits. And please, have you seen the first page? Have you seen the first page of our packet? I did. Okay. I, I am not, this is not my arena. This is your arena. So I uh, ask for some leniency and explaining in a little bit of patience. I think I've been more than patient enough. If you look at this, it's over four and a half years and it was ruled. Sorry, Farrell, can you start the clock please? Okay. It was ruled in July, I mean, June 8th, right? This 202 complaint by Liza Morawski against the, yes, provided a complaint. This is about SROs, DPH, navigation centers, and it's right here. Why are you shaking your head? I'm looking at the minutes for July 8th that were sub submitted 2021. Okay. Also submitted September 1st. 2021 again ruled in my favor twice. I've sent you all of this. It is about case management ratio to client center care. It is not about Conard House at all. Correct. Correct. But, so it's the case management ratio. Exactly. I read the whole thing into the record because that has a bearing on DPH and Conard House, which 
affect a lot of your cases. Maybe not this one, but that's why I read it as written. Just Connor. Okay. So this is the one. Okay. Spectrum from. Great. HSH. Okay. We can't. We can't look at the whole spectrum. We but can look at each who, request me, individually. Wait a minute. I thought I had three minutes to talk. I thought oh, we were not supposed to be going back and forth. You'll get your three minutes, but I want to make sure I want to make sure I can start it again. I want to make sure that you're on the right page and that we're I want to make sure you're on the right page oh, we also. Are. We are. Please look at the packet so, in front of these. This has nothing to do with Connor. Nothing to do with an L12. This has to do with the contracts for case management ratio, here's all of them, to client-centered care through Mental Health SF, the Mental Health Association, our mayor, the state of California, all of them, and HSH in their shelters, navigation centers, and all of the nonprofits that have contracts with BHS. I can read you verbatim what they're supposed to be doing and how they should be staffed. Part of that information was released to me. It was ruled in my favor that it was not complete and you should come back with that information. You were to come back in 2021. It is now the end of 2023 with over 50 requests to have this on the calendar. How come each one of these replies to case manager ratio to client-centered care? Why are we looking at somebody that's getting $7 million, 22 nonprofits through DPH and behavioral health services? Guess what the FOIA said on what the uh, return was from Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and the DPH? $7 million got us one person hired. Did you read the standard? $528 million spent on this and no accountability and oversight. I think that's an issue. People are dying on our street and you're not meeting the demands of coordinated care. Your case management ratio in SROs is dangerously low. There is no culturally competency. There is no equity. There is no gender. You'll be, I will be damned if you will find anybody of color, someone that speaks your language, and usually it's two women. That doesn't protect transgender people. It doesn't protect men that have been abused by women and vice versa. It's against the law. So you ruled in my favor. Would you like me to read it again? Because you were shaking your head. Sure, I how much time is left? You're at the right page. So if you'd like to review that, I ask that you review it and I'd be more than happy to give you a copy. It's right here. They're both ruled in my favor and I sent an email specifically because I have received over 13 emails with over 500 documents in each one. My God, imagine after four years, finally I get them condensed in four different packets. I looked at them. I've never seen that stuff ever contracts from Connor contracts from Rams. Hello, I'm the one that asked for this. So what are we doing and where's my answer and why has it taken so long? How come you ruled in my favor and retracted on that? Are you finished Mr. Rusty? I am and I'd like Great. if you'd like to see all the documentation or put it on record, I would ask that you take a copy of all of these. Thank you, Ms. Mrowski. 
Uh, is Victor Lim able to respond online? Can we check if he's there? You can take a seat, Ms. Murawski. Mr. Lim is online. Great. I'll hey, give Mr. Lim three minutes to uh, talk about this specific case and uh, what he's what his department has done in the efforts to respond to this. Uh, thank you, Task Force members. Victor Lim here, custodian of records with the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Uh, this case began back in 2021 prior to my time. Uh, I've been assigned to this case since May of this year and have uh, followed on the responses that my uh, superiors and my predecessors have responded to uh, Ms. Morosky. So uh, looking at the timeline that you've helped compile, and thank you for, for the very detailed um, timeline and also with um, a task force member, uh, uh, we spoke earlier this year, and also giving a a, um, a a table of contents of all our exchanges. Our chief of staff, Natalie Poyman, has already on repeated basis stated to Ms. Morawski that what she's asking for, our department has no responsive records. And um, on every occasion, when she's tried to contact, starting from my predecessor, uh, Ms. Veronica Vien, then to our chief of staff, Natalie Poyman, um, we, we've, we've tried our very best to try to answer Ms. Morawski's request in a timely manner. And we've also confirmed that we have no responsive records to the request. So uh, that that is in short um, where we stand right now with with this uh, this case here, and and also um, with the multiple exchanges, it's I think Ms. Morawski has also tried to associate other um, public records requests that uh, is separate to this particular case, and has uh, sometimes made it hard for staff to also identify um, how it's related to this particular case, but. Fortunately, we've gotten it all straightened out, um, and I'm I'm glad that you your team here has also summarized how we've closed all the cases. But um, that that is that is, you know, our high level summary and and response to this case. And I've been told that from Ms. Appointment, our chief of staff, that she's already appeared twice before my time here to to discuss this case. Thank you. Great, thank you, Mr. Lim. All right. So we've heard from both sides. I'm just going to read into the record page one of the packet. This all started on December 9th, 2019. FOIA request regarding the case management ratios. We agree on that to uh, Frank Francis Baltazar at conart.org. So that's how this all started. Now, there's been there's been a lot of conflating of of cases both by us and we will take responsibility for that our administrators have sometimes put material from other cases in and in fact our next case we're going to hear i had to stop that hearing because both the plaintiff and the respondent were talking about case management ratios which was not the subject of that one so anyhow um, i will also state that the case management ratios um, fall outside of 12L. Now, you can always ask Conard House for something, but we can only help you with what 
we're able to help you with within the realms of 12L. And, and that's the message that we were trying to send you back in May. That's going to apply to all of the cases between DPH and Conard or any 12L arrangement or relationship within the city. And that's unfortunately as far as our powers extend. Uh, you've mentioned in the past, Ms. Morawski, that you've received some of these documents way back when. Um, I would encourage you to try and get them from Conard House directly. Maybe they'll give them to you. Maybe they won't. This is, uh, ma'am, this, this is your last and final warning. I'm not tolerating any interruptions, okay? I'm just stating our position. I'll give you a chance to respond for a few minutes after this, but please be polite and please be patient, okay? Thank you. All right, so uh, Mr. Lim was kind enough to provide me an index, which is included of all the responses that they've done above and beyond, even though, in my opinion, they were not required to because these all fell outside 12L. So back when we ruled on this on September 1st in 2021, I think we overstepped what we should have done within 12L. Uh, and interesting, there is not an order determination that was ever published on that. That's another interesting thought. Anyhow, so um, I'm going to give Ms. Morawski two minutes to respond to anything else she wants to hear. Then I'm going to put it between for the members and we're going to consider closing this particular case. Ms. Morawski. Could you please tell please. me you can you continually refer to Conard. I am not referring to okay. Conard. Please one moment. Okay. I'll, I'll answer that right I, now. It's right here in the I page finish? on the packet. Listen, 20055 has nothing to do with Conard. 21125 is Connor. So, okay. Two, if, zero. I think I, I'll give you a time after this, but just, just so you understand, we're trying to work with you, but you wrote that request to Francis Balthazar at Connard.org. That was in 2019. Correct. If you look up at the email I right. sent you as of 11 8 2023 to Cheryl. Again, these aren't my rulings. When I spoke to Francis, that was just Connard. If you look at the original paperwork I sent you, you will see that it's HSH. Okay, we have to go. We have to go by the original. The request. original paperwork from Victoria Victoria Vane. I sent Cheryl. Can you please make sure that the board or the commissioners or the education board received the email that I sent to you? That should be in my packet. I sent it in a timely manner. It has the exact breakdown from Victoria Vane. It says, I have some information and we'll be getting more information to you. You ruled in my favor that if they had some information that they had to obtain more information because if it was available for one, it had to be available for the others. Again, HSH and all these others are not nonprofits. They do not fall under L12. This is contracts between DPH and behavioral health services. So please, this is not about an L12 and the exemptions from that. And I sent clear and concise de de documentation. And how come I can get it from some of them on my own, but not all, and then DPI comes on, or DPH comes on and says, we don't have any responsive records. But I have responsive records, and you ruled in my favor 
2022-22055, not in 2019, but in 2020. Records by failing to provide assistance, right? So please go back and read them in their entirety because they are pretty clear and I sent them to you this month. And they're not my rulings on July, June 8th. Victor, Veronica Vane provided a summary of the department's position. Ms. Vane stated requested records perhaps pertaining to v DPH. This one says Condored Mental Health Services, right? But Ms. Vane stated that she followed up with her team and no Connor. The question continued anonymously about other nonprofits or not nonprofits. In September 1st, you ruled complaints. Ms. Morawski stated it's not the first time the, the public, this time they didn't even show up. And this was on 20055. And this, if you look, Veronica Vane made a very thorough chart. And Cheryl, I would appreciate if you make sure that all of them uh, can see this, the chart that, that Veronica made, because I sent that to you via email uh, to assure that it would be on here with very concise and clear information. Because as I mentioned, I have 13 emails that have over 500 documents in each, right? You couldn't get it straight now, so don't tell me to start getting it straight. And secondly- Cheryl, I was gonna give her two minutes. Is the time up yet? You know, these let aren't you, my rulings. Finish, I'm here let you finish your thoughts, to find what we're spending our budgets on through the contracts from DPH and BHS. You're under, we're understaffed, people are dying, and money is being spent without any accountability. And it's in every single one of their contracts. Thank you, Mr. Browski. You can have a seat. And just for the record, I just want to make sure that it's for the record today at 6.09 that it was DPH said they have no responsive records to any of this, including HSH budget that includes case management ratio to client-centered care and the PSA program, which is $7 million. Thank you. Thank you. So, as I stated earlier, you know, we can only help you within the realms of what we see here in front of us, the original records requests. Um, I would suggest to make things easier for you and for us in the future, if we're able to help you, is please submit succinct individual requests without other stuff conflated in because this is where we end up. It's not been, it's not been easy navigating all this, like you said, uh, a request that has 500 emails is is just is just ludicrous. Uh, you've you've had plenty of experience working with us and 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 records requests and and FOIAs. So please try and streamline. We're just trying to help you. Let us let us. Um, this is not a this is not a question. This is this is a statement by. So, all right, ma'am. If 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 you can't stay quiet, I'm going to excuse you from the room. So that's my last warning. All right, members, it's before us. Any thoughts? Chair Allen. Member Pilpel. Yes. Um, apparently there is some history here that I wasn't um, privy to, but that's okay. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the concise uh, summary and document list that was in the packet of five pages. Um, it is extremely concise, however, 
I would have uh, appreciated having the uh, what I believe Ms. Um, is it Murawski um, referred to as the November eighth uh, email, and perhaps the most recent uh, communication from DPH included in the packet, so I could see the most recent back and forth from both sides. Um, I guess there's some links here. I I did not go to the links. I just went to the packet information that was provided. Um, I am. Uh, I agree that the task force found a violation. I was not on the task force at the time. Um, I don't know if it was uh, well-founded. I heard what, Chair Highland, what you said, that there is no order of determination, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff here. Um, I'm certainly not interested in relitigating uh, the matter at all. I am, however, interested in hearing um, from Ms. Murawski, and if you could approach, I have a specific question. Um, what on this particular complaint, not on Conard, not on anybody else, um, what were the specific records that you were looking for that you have not yet received? If you can articulate that now, and then I can put that question uh, to Victor Lim from DPH and find out where we are on that. That seems to be the follow-up monitoring, um, and, and if you could just help me with that. Yes, so on 6-11-2021, um, this is from Veronica Rain. I've organized your five records requests below and will work on getting you a response to each with the below data indicated next to each request number. I will provide you with an update on each request and whether or not there is any identifiable responsive records on or before the respective date due dates. Again, this was ruled in my favor, but it was never followed up with. Okay. So it says FOIA request, case management ratio to client-centered care, date range 2015 to December of 2020. This is my original one, right? Case management ratio to client-centered care in each program with the Department of Public Health with a breakdown per organization under classified intensive case management, mental health outpatient programs, mental health SRO support service programs, navigation and shelters. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say, and let me see if I'm getting this right, is that you're not, you were not in this case looking for contracts, you were not looking for budget information, you were looking for specific ratios of client-centered care, whatever that means, I'm not a health person, so I don't, I don't know. Um, for each program within the DPH was funding in this program area. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. Okay. Did you receive any of those records? Was that within the 13 volumes of 500 pages of stuff? Yes, I received some. That's why okay. uh, they ruled saying you receive some. Well, if you can get some, okay. we must be able to dig deeper. And you, then Veronica fine. left. Yeah. Do you have an example? of information that you got that you believe was responsive, that you could say, okay, for this entity or this program, here's what I got and I was good with that. If you can get me this stuff for these other entities or programs, then I'd be great. Do you have some of that? I do, I have them okay. from HSH. Okay. Um, they're dated. 
Um, it says like one to 750 in a shelter. Okay. Um, and it's, I've that, sent... it's that that you're looking for. It's yes. really just the ratio. Correct. And okay. all of the ones that I have have been sent. So um, I do have files of them. It would take me a while to look for them. Okay. Um, but they're on file and they were sent to you in. Um... I believe you. I yeah, believe yeah. That. Okay. Let me put a pin on that. And if I could go to Victor Lim for a second. Victor, I can see you over Pat's shoulder. I, I see you waiting. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, did you understand our little back and forth just now? And are you understanding more than I do, a lot more than I do, about uh, uh, client-centered care ratios by program? If that's... I I, I understand what she was asking for? for, and okay. I pulled up on next request the case that uh, Ms. Borowski was asking. Uh -huh. it, it, it was indeed handled by my predecessor, Ronica Bien. Mm -hmm. The case number uh, is 19 4. Whatever it is. Okay, well, yeah. I, I, well I, I think it's important just to put the record, right? Okay. Um, so, Ronica on December 27th, 2019, at the time, had responded on next request and tried also on the same day subsequently to call Ms. Murawski multiple times, informing her that we did not have that information. And then at the very end, uh, fast forward, February 9th, 2023, our chief of staff, Natalie Poyman, she again responded via email to uh, Ms. Murawski, stating that regarding file number 20055, which is the sunshine number for yep. this case, and, and the next request case 19-993, DPH has no civil service case managers. They are contracted employees of funded community-based organizations, period. Therefore, DPH has no responsive records. Thank you, Natalie Poyman. So again, on multiple occasions, we've tried to tell Ms. Morowski because of that fact, we don't have any record, responsive records. Hopefully that's uh, clear. Okay. So just to follow up with um, Victor Lim, is it possible that the way HSH handles its contracts, that they have the information that Ms. Murawski is looking for, for its programs and services, but the way DPH handles its contracts, that you don't have uh, similar client-centered uh, care ratios? Is that possible here? Um, I can't be certain, but what I can say is I'm happy to go back to our DPH contracts team and ask our subject matter experts and, and management staff that handles this. I, I don't want to give the wrong information or make any assumptions. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, I don't, again, I don't want to belabor this. I understand there's a lot of history here. Um, and remember, I, remember, Pilpel, um, all this stuff is, if you look on page two, there's, there's, there's links. Okay. You're not looking on, you don't, you don't have a computer, so you can't see the links we can. Right. So the packet is actually quite full. Okay. Uh, and there's a link to each of these things. Now at the time, I do remember at the time, the full task force, we weren't sure about jurisdiction, uh, okay. of Conard of SHAs, any of that. And. That's why we did additional research. We looked at 12L, we asked for contracts. We didn't look at SHS, um, but there was a lot of unknowns at the time. And that's why this got 
you know, delayed and pushed down the road so far. Um, now that we're getting some, some, some clarity on it, uh, and I appreciate Victor's limbs um, volunteering to look further into SHS, which is where this case ratio comes from. What's confusing to us is that it was written to someone at Conard House at the beginning, and this, this, this is, uh, you know, this, this makes things uh, definitely confusing. Okay. Uh, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I, I think I am comfortable if you're headed to closing this matter or otherwise disposing of this matter. I think I would feel better about the situation if we could request um, Ms. Murawski when you can find in the big haystack. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. If you can find an example of a report from HSH or whatever department, hold on, yeah. hold on, that has the information that you're looking for, because I'm sure it's buried in a big stack. No, here's the current, most current one I have. That's fine, for. that's fine. But I'm saying it's not easy to find within whatever you've got. If you can provide that to Victor Lim and say, here is the kind of information I'm looking for for this program, contractor service, whatever date range, whatever it is that you're looking for. And if he can uh, try to find that uh, from DPH. And if DPH has it, I believe that Victor will find it and provide it. And if DPH does not have it for whatever reason, I'm sure he will explain that to you and give a reason. Victor, can you nod and... and Yes, I'm. I, I okay. thank you, and then can I'm I happy. Ask a clarifying question. Sorry, hold on. M Mr. Lim was talking. Can you just wait? Yeah, hold on okay. one second. Thank let, you. Let me hear I from. I didn't hear it. Okay. Sorry. Let's hear from Victor, and then we'll come back to you. Victor. Through the chair and members, thank you. Uh, yes, um, happy to follow up on that. Uh, happy to work with Ms. Murawski, uh, and uh, again, in the packet uh, on the table of contents, there the contracts were also included, um, but. Again, because it has both HSH jurisdiction and Department of Public Health. Um, again, we need some experts on this and uh, happy to look into it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, did you have something you wanted me to say? I do. Question? Yeah. Here is another request that I did on case management ratio to client centered care on a program. This is what I told you about $7 million, another 3.4. You will see that they gave me the case management ratio and they gave me the budget breakdown. That's HSH, BHS, and DPH. I remember that. How did they get that information? But you're telling me I can't get any other information. And that's from Natalie, sure. by the way. So, mm -hmm. so my I'm request. Not on can you just show me where this gives you the ratio? Because I'm seeing. She's breaking it down. So case this is not established case ratio for PACS behavior services. There is not an established caseload yet. Okay. Okay, but there's 274 requests, $7 million to, to, per, to give people nurses, health workers, social workers, and case manager in their supportive housing. $7 million, you've hired one person since August 1st, 2022. You have 274 referrals okay. and no case manager. So why are we paying the case okay. managers? Okay. okay. I, I just took a quick look at the documents. I didn't see an actual ratio there, but if that's the kind of information that you're looking for, and if that makes you happy, um, that's fine. If you can provide that to uh, Victor, and if he can find documents that are responsive, 
that would be great. Um, I, I've got no okay. skin in this otherwise. All right. Member Hill, any thoughts? Yeah, I just would, would, would quickly say, um, um, Ms. Merzkowski, I, 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 I respect the the what you're what you're attempting to do. So I first just wanted to let you know that, um, and I appreciate your your passion and your energy uh, to try to get the answers that you're seeking. Um, I, if I could just make a couple of just recommendations, because I, I actually think it as a as a as a as a newer member of 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 the board that wasn't around for this, I think that the longer that we hang on to this. And continue to come back to it and just append and append and append information. I think it actually makes it a lot more complicated. Um, but, you know, and so I wrote a couple of things down here. Um, maybe a new request is just in order. And I don't know if you have any sort of outstanding requests, but maybe a, just a, just a, a net new, let's consider closing this. This monitoring situation, which apparently like it's, it's complicated to follow um, um, and um, um, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I would, would would personally be happy to, you know, help, um, you know, create language. Um, uh, and the reason why I say that is because, like, I, I also. Um, uh, live in a neighborhood, you know that that is uh, that that has. I live in Lower Knob Hill, and I, I have. Um, um, there are a number of programs in our neighborhood, and and as a member of our neighborhood organization, we've been attempting to get information, and and it and it, 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 it through HSH, and it trickles down into the uh, the nonprofits. Um, that run uh, th that are the that are the, the property managers and the folks that run those uh, run those uh, and it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to get some of that information because of the nature of what 12L does, you know, the, it sort of creates sort of like a layer of obfuscation really between uh, the nonprofits and um, and uh, the actual um, um, government entities. Um, but um, we have been s successful in some cases of being able to just work with um, the, the nonprofits to provide certain information. It takes some time. Uh, to provide certain information that then becomes in the it becomes um, in the possession of the department, and when and that's the moment when it becomes in the possession of the department, then that information can be readily available. Um, but you what you might be dealing with here are different people who are reporting some things in some houses and others that aren't. Um, and you know that could be potentially like what's going on is that like and you know and and Mr. Lim. May actually be saying a truth, you know, from his perspective, that 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 if, that there might be some information that's being provided up, and then there, you know, in some cases, and there might not be information that might be being provided up um, into you know into the Department of Public Health, and therefore there are no quote responsive um, documents, um, you know. So my, my just my, I, I think it actually might clarify some things if we if we were to move past these sort of like uh, this sort of compiling compiling of of, the, of this history and work on a new request um and and if it turns out that that we're not um uh, you know that you're not getting the information that you seek then uh, you know filing a new complaint and i and i i know that we've done a lot better of like clearing our caseload so it won't be years uh, before we get to, you know, before we would be able to hear that, but that's just a recommendation that I make that I think that it might be actually a little bit easier um, for everyone who's involved here to understand it. If there's just a clear new request 
um, and that, that we could all work from. Um, and if you're not getting what your information that that you seek, and then we can get a new complaint in. Um, uh, I think that actually might 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 help all of us here. Um, and um, and then just you know, finally, I'll just wrap up with that that the, again by repeating that like the nature of 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 uh, when when the city subcontracts um, with a nonprofit. Um, um, you know that the the um, the jurisdiction um, that we have becomes very limited, um, and I think what you're what we may be dealing here with was that uh, is that an initial non understanding of what that limitation is. Um, but I, I I just I I, I sympathize I empathize with your plight. Um, um, you know, because this is something that I've personally have been trying to also get case information, um, uh, you know, from uh, from from um, organizations in our neighborhood as well. So um, I'd be happy to um, give you my um, email information um, and, and, you know, and uh, work together with you um, as two citizens working to get similar information. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Member Hill. That's a very generous offer. Appreciate that. And I think you're right on point. That's what we're. Uh... We're trying to get this recast as a new separate entity specifically uh, to to HSS HSH, and I believe Dr. Uh, Victor Lim has already um, uh, indicated that he'd be happy to help with that. So I'm going to make a motion to close this file. Um, yeah, I'll second that motion. All right, thank you. We're going to take public comment on that motion, and those are open to other members of the public. Since your party, um, uh, you wouldn't be able to speak, but those supporting here could certainly speak. Okay, we have someone in the room. Cheryl, okay. when you're ready, please Hello. let the person know. Uh, Hold on one second. She's going to give you the uh, yeah. the stopwatch. Okay, you can seek it two minutes or three? Uh, two minutes. You have two minutes, sir. I'll begin the timer now. Can you redact the names of the donors regarding 12L? Nonprofit, right? They don't want to give out the list of donors. Can you redact that? Talk into the mic. Oh, can you redact the names of the donors in the 12L organization? So, sir, this isn't a question and answer period. This is two minutes for you to say your piece. Um, if we're able to answer the question, we'll try after this, but go ahead and speak for as long as you're wanting yeah, to message yeah. across. That, that, that's, uh, you're saying that uh, it's not possible to disclose uh, confidential information. Can you redact the names of the donors in the 12L? Mm, that's my comment. Is that your comment? Question. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Would anybody like to uh, answer that? Yes, my name. Oh, I'm not. Let, I don't let's want to finish public comment. Yeah. All right. All right. Next <laughs> comment. Right. Yeah, I'm a public comment. Okay. But would you guys like to answer or address him? Is that what you guys want to do? No. We want to finish public comment and then. Okay. Right. And your name? My name is Lisa Wynn. Lisa Wynn? Yes. And um, I just wanted to make a public comment because I was overhearing um, what Liza was, was stating and I heard what you guys were saying. Um, and I just wanted to clarify when, um, when you follow a money trail, what it seems like she followed a money trail and what is, what's going on. I heard what you said, and I, I like what your, what your suggestion, but I'm not, what I'm hearing is, and my comment is, we're not trying to take a broken system that seems it's already broken. 
but how do we fix it to make it better so we can have this uh, ratio, um, the ratio um, number that she's trying to look for? Because what it sounds like is it's a lot of qualitative data, but there's no numbers. And when you see all the money being poured in 7 million and you're, we're seeing all these services being requested, it's, it's kind of hard to where when you know nonprofits, they get their uh, funding pulled back if they don't audit or report right. So it's kind of kind of funny that you can't have the information to disclose that to us as a public as we're asking. And that's really what I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, something's got to change. Hold on one second. Let, let her give you the start. Cheryl, when you're That's okay. You need your name, ma'am? My name is Joy. Uh, do you have a last name? I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, I've lived in rent control apartments my entire time in San Francisco, and I thought I was going to change my life by moving into a senior building that was run by TNDC, which has been a nightmare of my life. And I don't want to get too, too going at it, but it's been, it's been horrible. The worst experience of my entire life, I live in a dictatorship regime that no one is accountable for anything. I was burglarized with a key and, and my jewelry was stolen. My a uh, laptop was stolen. I had no hot water for seven months, and I live in a senior building. And this stuff must stop. I'm an educated woman. I don't want to be treated like an infantile toddler that's being watched 24-7 and telling me no guests after 10 o'clock. I do not live in an SRO. I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and I don't want to be told to go to my room. I don't have a room. I, have, I live in an isolation unit because visitors are not allowed. People are not allowed to have their children visit. One woman in the building uh, her husband is dying, and she's told that her son can't come every day to visit. What is this Gestapo? What is this regime dictatorship that I am subjected to, and TNDC is praised for all they do for poor people? I am an educated woman with a college degree and need respect and tired of elder abuse that I've been subjected to since 2017. Please help. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Anybody else in the room have public comment? Pat, can you see if anyone online has public comment? Is there anyone online attending remotely who would like to speak? If so, please press star three or raise your hand using the app. I'll give you a moment. I see no callers in the queue. Great, thank you. All right. Um, Member Pilpil, you want to stay, take a stab at the 12L question? Um, sure. The point of order, can you please stop talking in the room? Thank you. Ma'am, thank you. The, there, was, there was a question asked about redacting um, confidential um, information or information about in, individuals from a 12L request. 12L is a section of the administrative code that covers the obligations of nonprofit organizations that receive funds from the city for specific purposes. And as Chair Highland indicated earlier, there's only a limited 
amount of information that those entities are required to disclose. Anyone can ask for additional information, but there are uh, some safeguards in the, the law to prevent uh, disclosure of um, in, of information that would uh, reveal uh, confidential um, uh, material. So that's already provided um, in in general. The specific complaint that we're talking about uh, right now, um, as I understand it, was not specifically about um, an entity subject to Chapter 12L. So I hope that helps a, a little bit. It it really just doesn't apply in this instance. It may apply in the next case. It may apply in other cases, but it doesn't really apply here. Does that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you, Mayor Popel. Um, and so, in a nutshell, they're they're not required to release uh, donors' list, redacted or otherwise. Period. That's that's the law under twelve L. Unfortunately. Uh, and just to be clear, the motion before us now is to close this particular file um, without regard to the next file or any other matters and understanding that uh, we may see Ms. Murawski again. And I would just editorialize that the um, continuing issue of nonprofits, service provision, how the city relates to nonprofits and their disclosure obligations is definitely a continuing thing. And I intend to discuss that a little more when we get to um, item nine. Great. Okay. okay. Thanks. So Cheryl, if we can uh, take a vote on closing. Uh, none. Don't no. we have, Th because we're talking about this motion to close, close and, this file out. And, That's it. Yeah. And if, if you want, I, I can just say that this task force is really only about public meetings and public records. So the specific services that you receive or that the city provides whatever is really uh, proper for the contracting department, whether it's DPH or HSH or HSA or anybody, it's really up to them. We don't do contracts. We don't provide services. We're just trying to ensure that people have access to meetings and records that they're required to. So that it's, it's well, it, we, we sympathize, but it's not, yeah. So we're, correct. No, I appreciate it. No, there you go. No, no, that's quite all right. No, Good. We need the air. It's all. Oh. All right, Cheryl, when you're ready. Chair Hyland. Aye. Chair Hyland, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Pilpel. Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. All in favor of closing the case. <clears throat> All right. Ready for the next case? Yes, please. Next item. Item number five, file number 21125, complaint filed by Liza Morosky against Conard Mental Health, Inc. and the Department of Public Health for violating Administrative Code Sunshine Ordinance Section 6721 by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and or complete manner. On May 22nd, 2022, the Education Outreach and Training Committee continued the matter to the call of the chair. Yeah, I don't have a clue what this is right. about. Oh, Ms. Rowski, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We're ready for you. Thank you. So as far as the summary, you can have a seat. I'll call you up when in a moment. Have a seat. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So this case, uh, we had to continue last May because um, 
both the, uh, the, the plaintiff and the respondent were talking about a different case. Uh, and that was, that was partly our fault because there were materials in here from other cases. And that's, that's why I'm very glad we closed the last case, which had a little bit of that going on, uh, also. Um, so looking at our packet, um, the original request listed on complaint form from Lisa Murawski to Connor Mental Health Supporting Housing. This is regarding the, uh, the quality assurance residential surveys for Connard House. So this is case 21125. Uh, and as you can see, there's some history there. Um, and now we're coming back to look at this. Uh, if you, I don't know if member Pilpel, if you can see the links in there, there's a letter from Connard House document seven towards the bottom middle of page two. That states their position as, as far as the 12 L. So the, basically this case is about, uh, Ms. Murawski making requests for a survey. Uh, and then Ann Quaintons from Conard house said, I'm sorry, but this is for, uh, Conard house to evaluate enhanced services, not a public document. And they provided a pretty well reasoned three, four page letter about their status as 12 L. So with that, um, do we have Victor Lim online? Are you answering this one as well, Victor? Yes, sir. I'm still here. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay. Mr. Chair, member Pupa. Yeah. Just to clarify. So the previous, um, case, which we just, uh, disposed of that had been to the full task force and back. Yes. This case has this actually been to the full task force or is this the first? No, I think, uh, I think back in may, I had to stop this meeting, uh, and, uh, a year ago, man. a year ago, and have it re repackaged. And then that's, that's what also prompted our research into 12 L and we, we summoned the Conard, uh, contract to kind of get to the bottom of all this. So we're much better informed right now. Uh, so now we're ready to, to, to hear this okay. and, and we'll determine, um, you know, in what shape this goes to the full. Okay. Course. Thank so you. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. So, um, Ms. Morowski, if you'd like to approach. So, for, first of all, are we on the same page? Does that, that all that make sense? Do you know which case this is? Does it make sense to you? Okay, great. So you have, uh, three minutes to talk about, um, where things are and what you'd like from this specific case. So Connor took a survey of protected class people supported. Contracted. You can't take information from a human at all and not give them the results in any type of survey especially if it's a human we're not test subjects and anything that you disclose and especially if you get a gift card you're paid for your information that information has to be public and no nonprofit is guaranteed or uh, come um, exempt from that you cannot take any human information and keep it to yourself it's against the law is there something you don't understand about that because that's the truth you don't take surveys so that they can be collected so they don't go anywhere it's public information it cannot be kept secret it cannot be kept confidential it's against the law any questions none is anyone else here in the room would like to speak on behalf of Ms. Morawski Seeing none, uh, Mr. Lim, if you could 
bring us up to speed where your department is with this complaint? Well, when we reviewed the uh, the case for this, um, first of all, thank you again for your summary. We looked at the last response that we gave, and also from from Anne Quaintance, the CEO of of Connor House. Uh, they clearly said that this is not the survey results are not public, and again, we don't have uh, anything to disclose. Uh, Ms. Poyman and, and my predecessors and my colleagues have on multiple occasions, again, tried to answer Ms. Murawski on her multiple inquiries. Some of these uh, emails also involve the previous case we just mentioned and some of the other cases that we also mentioned that are not related that sometimes she may bring up. Um, Excuse I me. Think Sorry, ma'am. Mr. Lim talking. Thank you. Speaking like about she might bring. Okay, Ms. Morawski, please take a seat. Please take a seat. Thank you. I don't like being disrespected. It's not necessary. Okay. Ms. Morawski, please take a seat. Three years is enough disrespect. Uh, Mr. Lim, please carry on. Uh, let, let me apologize if I, if my wording choice was was poor. I don't I don't mean to send you, Ms. Morawski. Please, I'm sorry about that. Um, but going back to that, the. The packet, I think you should refer to the uh, four page response from from Conrad House. But again, at the at the very end, if if there is an issue with this again, we can try to reach out to Conrad House to triple check. But I think they were very clear on where they stand on the information and uh, that uh, if they had violated or not violated the 12, 12 L point five. And I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Anybody online want to talk on behalf of Mr. Lim or anyone in the room? Seeing none, the matter is before us members. Uh, uh, hold on one second. We'll, 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 have a, we'll have a chance for rebuttals, but. It's not public comment. Yeah, not public comment just yet. All right, members. So is this making sense? Are you looking for the original? I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I can find it, that for you. I, I'm, if someone somewhere in our orbit here can help me. I'm trying to find Ms. Murawski's original complaint filed with the task force and underlying that the original request either to, to Conard or to DPH, sure. whether it here's, was under 67 or 12 out, whatever here, it was. Here's the next request. Okay. Uh, I'm reading it here for the record. But is that the original request? I'm sorry, um, uh, Chair Highland, is that the original request or is that the, the complaint form that was filed? Well, that's the thing. So the the next request is usually the original, uh, but hold on, there's actually not much information in this one. Um, three. That's so, the original request. So there's the complaint summary, complaint form. So let's look at this one. The second link is what I'm looking at, Member Hill. The complaint form. Yes, the data sheet and other submission. There you go. Okay. So Here are the results. So complaint form. Yep. Department of Public Health. Right. So new Okay. So name of individual and acquaintance at, at Connard Public Records. Uh, refused to disclose <clears throat> results of residential survey for Connard Mental Health residents. Requests from Lisa Morawski. Good morning, Anne. I would like to request the results of the Connard House Quality Assurance Residential Survey. The survey covered the purpose of the participation and the confidentialities conducted by Conard Mental Health, which included all cooperative apartments, the El Dorado, the Jordan, the Lyric, the Midori, the Plaza, and the Washburn. Response from Anne Quaintance. 
Uh, purpose of the quality assurance residential survey is for Conard House to evaluate and enhance services and is not a public document. Um, so that was the beginning of it. <clears throat> and and then um, <clears throat> skipping towards the end of the packet, um, there's the four page uh, letter from Conard House to Miss Leger saying Conard House is in receipt of your email. Uh, which is <clears throat> Connor's first notice, of, et cetera, et cetera. Are we okay? Does that make sense? I, okay. Get so, the picture here. Again, to to David, you weren't here. Member Hill, you weren't. I don't think uh, part was, of this. I was here that that the previous time where we right. stopped the okay. conversation. So again, this was at a time when we were still trying to work out what is Connor's house and how much authority, power, jurisdiction do we as a task force uh, have over Connor's house. Um, we've since done our analysis. Mm -hmm. Conard House has its letter here, which I think is on point. Mm -hmm. um, I think ultimately, you know, if we do recommend this to the full task force, it probably will be with a recommendation that we don't have jurisdiction, you know, since this is 12L. Uh, and that what's being asked is outside of the parameters of 12L. Well so go ahead. Could, could we maybe hear from uh, Mr. Lim and see if there's a representative from Conard and then continue with the hearing? I'm pretty sure there isn't, but we can ask. We've already asked this anyone online. Mr. Lim, is there anyone from Conard with you today? Not that I'm aware of. Thank you. Okay. okay. And I'm sorry, did, did we hear? Yeah, we did hear from. Okay. Yeah. And so the matter's before us. Okay. Um, uh, you know, we can have we can have summaries if you like, but um, yeah, I think this this letter from Ann Quaintance, this four page letter, um, is is fairly on point for me. So, if I could just um, follow up very briefly to uh, Mr. Lim. Um, I'm sorry, maybe I was uh, less focused <laughs> than I could have been. Is it DPH's um, position that public health has, that public health is a contracting entity with Conard, correct? In this case? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, but the DPH has none of the requested records in DPH's possession. Is that correct? Correct. On multiple inquiries. Okay. Yes, correct. Whatever this survey document, survey instrument, which sounds like it's the underlying thing, that was something that Connor did internally with its uh, tenants, constituents, whatever. Jack? Yes, our knowledge was separate and done on, on their own accord. And okay. a follow-on question, Mr. Lim. Was that survey part of their performance report? Because that would then be included on the 12L? Is that is that a way we can? That, I I do not know. That was before my time. I would have to follow up with uh, Connor House. Okay, that's a that's yeah, that's a certain question. question. Maybe that's the way you get to this, because I mean we're we're trying to help here, but twelve L kind of ties our hands, uh, and you know, you can always ask, and they can always say yes, but it sounds like they're saying no here, right? Um, citing this is, you know, internal work product or whatever, and we're protected by 12L, if you like, you know, in terms of analogy. Uh, but what's interesting is, let me read it into the record again. 
on 12L. 12L5. Financial audits or performance evaluations. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if a, I don't know if a uh, survey would fall into that, but that's where I was going on that, right? Okay. So I, I guess I'm just concerned in part because the caption of this item on today's agenda refers to it as a, a 67.21 uh, complaint, but it sounds like it's really a 12L uh, complaint. As we as we found out later. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we should recast it as a, a 12L complaint, and depending on whatever other testimony uh, we receive, that we might forward this to the full task force with the recommendation that there's not a violation of 12L. There may be other things implicated, but ultimately, if this is a 12L complaint, um, we I think arguably we would have jurisdiction because it is an entity right. that receives sufficient funding. What I meant is we don't have jurisdiction over Conard is what I meant by that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we do under 12L, but if it's not, right. if, they, if they didn't violate, then they didn't violate in the task force's opinion, but we're not there yet. So, right. Um, if I may, um, I'm trying to, to make sure if I, I understand this. Um, there, sorry, I'm going to tell a story. Um, so, um, I also recently, again, as I mentioned before, um, um, had an issue that came up um, it, with a with a program um, in our neighborhood where um, a staff member um, of uh, one of the programs um, you know, took took a break, um, and while that person took a break. Um, had um, had an illegal weapon on them um, and went out into the street and attempted to to murder somebody. Um, and um, um, someone who was a staff person, you know, in a in a, um, a temporary shelter housing program um, in our neighborhood, um, clearly illegal, um, uh, and clearly uh, was something that a lot of people in the community were concerned about. Um, that information never got uh, the information about the person who took the break was never properly recorded um, uh, and um, that information actually never even got documented um, uh, you know with the city it was only through the the police the san francisco police department that were able to find this information out um, later and the whole reason why i'm telling the story um, is because um, this is where it gets hairy, right? Right, because um, it go, again, it goes back to this jurisdiction that we have um, that this that this organization has to just make sure that like um, our um, our departments, our city departments, um, are um, are held uh, you know accountable to open records and open meetings um, information. Um, and, um, you know, although, you know, we have a, you know, a clear, a clear case of, of, uh, of, of, of potentially, well, a potential, you know, illegal activity that was happening, um, um, it, it was not something, unfortunately, that we could, um, uh, even find through a public records request. Um, and so, you know, um, I only say that to try to bring light to the fact that, like, I think I may understand, you know, like, like in, if, if you're in your opinion that. Um, uh, there was a survey that was completed and, and the information wasn't um, conveyed 
um, um, you know, up to the department, um, uh, that that kind of ends where we can do something about that. You know, if that in, but to uh, to Chair Highland's um, uh, previous comment, if that information was supposed to be in a performance report, and that performance report was provided to the Department of Public Health, um, then then we have jurisdiction. Um, and maybe that's what maybe that, that that's that is um, why they're why they're suggesting that that um, that um, a that a twelve L violation might actually be the right violation. Um, and unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, it's the only one that we can really sort of do anything about. Um, um, you know, so um, again. You know, I, I empathize, um, you know, with this situation, but that that's what makes it a little bit. That's that's just what makes it um, an, um, this this jurisdiction or lack of jurisdiction um, is, you know, where where we ultimately have our hands tied. If there's only certain things that we are able to to be able to assist you with, um, if you feel that, that that a nonprofit is doing something that is illegal. Um, um, you know, I think that there may be other avenues that that might be, you know, considered, um, but um, hopefully that helps uh, that helps you understand kind of like what what um, the, what what we're dealing with as far as like what we have jurisdiction over. Thank you, Member Hill. Member Hill, any last thoughts? Why don't we? Yeah, I'll I'll go to rebuttals next, uh, Mr. Lim. Um, you'll get to go first for rebuttals. Uh, on behalf of the department, we have nothing much to add. Again, I think the response from Conrad House was pretty much on point. And again, we are happy to offer uh, any follow-up appropriate. Uh, I hear the question whether uh, this was for a performance report that may uh, have been required by DPH. I'm happy uh, to follow up with leadership to look into this. Uh, but reviewing the cases and the multiple exchanges uh we don't believe so at uh up to that up to the point but again i'm happy to follow up again thank you great and and you might want to just have that on hand because i'm sure ms morowski would like to request that from you uh, in the very near future because maybe in that performance report there might be some answers to her other uh, other questions so thank you for that uh ms morowski uh, you'll have two minutes for rebuttal i really have nothing else to say except the fact that uh, for public record, it's quite sad, right? That you're telling me this no after four and a half years, you wasted a substantial amount of my time. Thank you. All right, members, thoughts on this one? Ma'am, ma'am, thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. Good night, Ms. Morowski. Thank you. All right. I'll have security come up here if you'd like. All right. All right, members. So how would like to uh, move with this one? Um, one second. Let me go back to the the items on the list here. So this has not gone before the full task force as yet. Which one are we? Um, just, uh, I think we can, we can, complaint. yeah, I'll let yeah, the members talk. Characterize that as, well, okay. Up a bit. 
of record. Yeah, because it just was public results. Um, so it sounds like you want to recharacterize this, or yeah, we, we I, can we can leave it as is, but we can refer to the full task force with a recommendation that it be considered as a twelve L, with a recommendation of violations or no violations, kind of package package it because. You know, we've we've spent a lot of long time of this uh, right. in in committee, so I want to make sure it gets there. Maybe to be relatively safe, maybe if we recharacterize it as uh, for allegedly uh, violating uh, admin code section sixty seven point twenty one and or twelve L point three or four, whatever the appropriate twelve L section is. Twelve L five, right? Twelve L point five. That's fine. Um, just in terms of the caption of the item, in terms of the disposition, I think this should go to the full task force. Um, I'm inclined to make this a consent calendar item, um, That's what I was thinking. recommending that, that we find no violation of either the Sunshine Ordinance or 12L. Um, so I, I think they're to make that as a motion and then I have a, a further comment. Great. So can you um, can you restate that as a as a clean motion and one of us can second it so that way we can share open Highland, I, if you don't mind if I can provide a little bit of information on 12L. Sure. Yes, normally with the 12L, the process that if they have a complaint regarding 12L, they bring that 12L complaint to the Department of Public Health. Right. And public Health should issue some type of ruling or write some type of letter regarding their complaint. And that is the only point in which the task force can get involved is to review the department's findings on 12L and not hear the, the nonprofit themselves. Yeah, that's actually true. That what we, I think it, the language is something about an advisory opinion, that we issue an opinion on the department's response to the underlying complaint. Does that sound about right, Victor? Yes. Okay. Um, so, maybe to clarify to Victor Lim. Yes, Victor Lim here, if I may add, uh, our department, I believe, has never formally received the complaint from Ms. Murawski for the alleged 12.5 violation against Conrad House. Okay, so, I mean, it's convoluted, but what we could do is either continue the, the matter here in committee or concurrently refer it to the full task force, as I indicated, not for next month, but give it a, a couple of months and ask DPH at the same time to provide its response, however DPH wants to respond, and then it would be timely for the task force, for the full task force to act. Does that make sense procedurally? It's again, it's convoluted. Um, if I may, I, I think that so again, I'm trying to, I'm just going to try to make this as, as concise as possible. I, in my opinion, I don't think that when it comes to open records, open meeting information, if the Department of Public Health doesn't have this information, then they don't have this information. Um, and there's nothing in 12L that I can read that says 
except for um except for seven section seven in the event that the nonprofit organization materially fails to comply with any contract provision right. required by this chapter the city or agency department which the party to such contract shall consider such failure a material breach of the contract the city agency department may or may not be required to further consider such material breaches grounds for terminating the contract but we don't have we don't have jurisdiction over that right but this is five is only about financial information and dispute resolution right so this is so if this is a dispute, it requests additional financial information other than that described above right. or has a complaint concerning their compliance or non-compliance with the chapter. They submit that request, request to the contracting okay. agency, da, 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 da. then that agency shall blah, 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 and then the task force can uh, issue a da, 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 da. It's, it's all in 67, sorry. 5B. Yeah, in 12L.5B. B. That's where it is. Okay. And that's where he came up with donor confidence. And that's why he asked but that, that question. Right. But it's it's 12L.5B. And so we don't, so the, the point that Victor number one was making is, <laughs> sorry, um, is <laughs> that we don't get to it until Victor number two has issued or understood that they have said something. Yes. And whatever okay. they say, then we can say, okay. Now it's in our court, and we opine. That makes sense because we because we're we're not a we're not a contracts compliance body, but if this if this is saying that like the department has to determine compliance and they have to write a report and then that becomes something that we take action on, that it, makes sense. It's more like a letter, but yeah, yeah. And and if the and the next time this appears, whether it's here or there or wherever, we should probably hold this particular paragraph. From 12.5 and include that because that's what that needs to proceed any what we can do yeah okay. it's circumscribed okay so i i think i like your original motion okay. uh, if you'd like to restate that for cheryl and then we'll have a seconder of that okay so i think it's to refer this matter to the full task force recommending that we find no violation or express Make it a little bigger. Oh, yeah. One moment. No violation of 6721? Because that's what yeah, we stated. Yeah, but it's... It's not really on point. I, yeah. I, re recommend no violation of, of 67.21 and with regard to 12L that we... What's that? Sound? And that we, and we've not received the necessary, and, and that we create an advisory opinion following uh, DPH's consideration of the underlying uh, complaint. So, how about this? Uh, we find no no violation of six seven twenty one, and note that we have not received a twelve L five B. Dispute resolution letter. Dispute resolution letter from DPH. Yet. That yet, or at, at the time of this committee have not re received that. So it puts that on the map. Okay. And that way we and can discuss that again. Understood. And in the event that DPH does, which they should, right. then that'll get married and we will issue our, they can issue a, a one paragraph thing that says whatever they want to say, and then we can do a, a right. two sentence follow-up. I like that. Everybody. Okay. 
Yeah. So that's. Okay, I want to make sure we get this. Hold on. We're going to, we're going to read it to you one more time, Sean, because that was, <laughs> we're going to give you a short form. David, do you want to do it or you want me to do it? Why don't you try? Okay. So refer this to the full task force with the recommendation of no violation under 6721, comma. And noting that at the time of this committee, there was no 12L5B. Help me remember. Um, what's it? Well, dispute resolution letter from DPH. You want you want that or is that funky? We can get better than well, that. Hold, hold well, on, the, up to the comma is good. Hold on, mm. the rest. <laughs> I think I think the the comment that I want to make, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there has been no member of the public who has made a complaint concerning the nonprofit's compliance or non-compliance with 12L, which has that has to that has to start that has to happen first. Or are we well, are, are we transforming no, we're, we're, their we're, public we're, records? We're empowered right. to push this where it needs to be without a member of the public doing this. But well, but okay. I guess I guess what you guys have found is it is it is the technical path to which twelve L five B should apply. Right? I'm just gonna read it here so we can have it clear. That if I may, this is Victor Lim. Can yeah. I ask a question? Yeah, because going back to technicality, I, again, I'm we're happy to look into this if the violation of a letter needs to be issued, right? Given it's already here. But we procedurally have not received a complaint from Ms. Morawski, right? It the, the complaint went to your task force here. Well, we're happy to accept it on behalf, but this is an unusual situation here. Yeah, it came to us as a six seven well, it came to us, we categorized it as a six seven twenty one. Right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's what's before us. And and, and to expedite this, uh, we're happy yeah. to just acknowledge the complaint that was submitted to the task force, but procedurally on our side, uh, just for the record, uh, we couldn't issue it because there right. was no you didn't, mechanism. You yeah. didn't get it. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And going forward, this task force should not take and calendar and process a complaint against a nonprofit under 12L until and unless the complainant has followed the procedure of the contracting agency and has a letter from the city contracting agency saying yes, no, or in between, whatever, then you can take it to the task force. We should not have taken this in. In the future, we shouldn't However, until they get that. The other side of the coin is not every complainant would know that, and it's also our duty to help them. Correct. So when they send us a thing and say, I've got an, an issue with, you know, west of the Farallons, you know, nonprofit agency, we should say, great, that's fine. You need to send that to the city contracting agency. When you get that back, then we're happy to handle it. In the meantime, it's not ripe. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a question of, of ripeness. Okay. Um, so this is I, young. I'd just like to note that I did write that in my summary, but when somebody insists on us accepting a complaint, we cannot say it's very, rare that we say no if they insist on it well and i did put that in my summary that it was a 12 l uh it's right under the the title the only other thing i would add on the motion is despite my earlier comment i think given all this convolutedness we should probably not do this on consent because we probably need to have a little chit chat with the full task force on 12L and 67.21 and how this thing fits or doesn't quite fit. I th I think that maybe that can be a separate sort of 
thing to be discussed at the full task force. We can then pull an example from here, but I think okay. this should be, you know. You want to try for consent? Kept, All right. Kept clean and, and uh, because I mean, we found out a lot more now than when this came to us a year ago. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's, and in, and we even talked about 12L in our annual report and everything else. So 12L is a, is a big ongoing issue. So I, I just thought this was an opportunity to have a little time with the full task force. Yeah, it doesn't need to have this particular okay. item in there, but I think, I think you can always refer to this. So what's your feeling, consent? Uh, I, you know, your, your, your original motion, you know, up to the comma. Uh, so refer to the full task force consent calendar violation of with a recommendation of no violation, period. Um, and then maybe some some referral to um, the 12L process has not yet come to us. Um, 12L5B2 process. Um, right, so it, maybe it's something like, um, are we making a recommendation, also making a recommendation that the Department of Public Health respond to um, this complaint as a um, well, the, it, as Victor Lim was saying, they they can't do that until Ms. Morawski asked them to. From what I understand, right, right, look into it as a twelve L. Uh, yeah, I just didn't know if we were trying to we were trying to go ahead and establish we be, that. We I think we could reasonably request DPH on her to behalf. treat this okay. as a a twelve L point five complaint and do whatever they're going to do with it. Let's and, do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So Victor, are you okay with that? We're gonna we're gonna push the ball yes. to your court as far as twelve L five B for 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 the expedition and and a one time special, you know, to die. That, that, that is correct. But yes, but, yes. But, the, but the recommendation so we're so when we take it to the full task force, we're going to recommend we're gonna make a recommendation that there was no violation um uh, with Sunshine Ordinance. Um but that we are recommending that the Department of Public Health Respond to this complaint um, as a, um, a a dispute resolution ma a matter. Um, no, no. I, I think we're doing that tonight and asking DPH oh, to, oh, oh, to oh. handle it. And so by the time and so it you're gets wanting to, you're wanting DPH to have that ready for us. They don't have to do it tomorrow, but it, if they do it at some point, then maybe that gets to the task force at the same time, and then we can opine however we opine on the the dph okay. determination so I, I think i think the motion is we recommend it to the full task force consent calendar with a recommendation of no violation under 6721 mm -hmm. period uh and then a note um uh this committee also asked dph to treat this as a 12l5b mm -hmm. and hopefully by the full hopefully by the time this gets the full task force, that information will be included in the packet. Very good. Okay, so can I read this back to you guys? Okay, sure. That last part, I like that. It. Let's okay. make the motion simple. It's moved by David to refer this matter to the full task force consent calendar with the recommendation that we find no violation of 6721. And period, period, period. period. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next and sentence. noting that at the time of this committee, there was no 12L.5B dispute a uh, resolution letter from DPH. Is that correct? Um, how about how about at, at at the time of this committee, we rec we requested DPH right. to start a twelve L five B process, uh, the resolution of which will hopefully make it uh, into the packet by the time the full task force meets. Or or just that we requested DPH to treat this as a twelve L point five 
dispute. Period. 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 Yeah. Yes. Okay. We like periods. All right. So it's not a part of the motion. It's just a cut. It's, it's, it's just, just an note. additional note. Yeah. So. Cheryl, do you want me to read that second sentence after the after the? Uh, and noting that at the time of this committee, we no, were... no, okay. So six seven twenty one period. Yeah, period. Right. And then uh, next sec next sentence. Okay, and the next sentence, I'll read it to you. Um, EOTC um, requested DPH treat this as a twelve L five B matter. Mm -hmm. Period. That's fine. Yeah. And then whether it makes it or not. Yeah. Right. Okay. Trying to keep it really simple. And this isn't going to be at the full task force next week. It no. might be no. January, February. So let's give it time and it, it'll all work out. Yeah. We've got multiple victors working on this 24 7. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> if I may respond just for the record, then we, we accept this one time uh, unusual circumstance to Correct. help expedite Ms. Morowski. And we, we will take the form that was submitted on September 20th, 2021. Um, as as a complaint filed formally by Ms. Morawski to DPH for this one-time special. Thank, Thank you. you. And with the Conard's uh, four-page letter, you can consider that as part of yeah. the, the file. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, I need a second, and then I had another quick comment. We all need a second. <laughs> let's uh, let's 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 get. Um, can we vote on this first, or do you want this to be included I, as notes to the full task force? I I did want to make it up, but I need a second. Are you seconding? Are you seconding? I'm seconding that. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I, I misunderstood you. I thought you wanted to go to the restroom. No, no. <laughs> you need a second. Funny guy. Yeah. I don't know. I read it as the same thing. Okay. I'm seconding right. that. Oh, yes. you guys are very funny. All right. No, what I was going to say, and unfortunately, or. Complainant is, is no longer here in reference to item 10. When we get to that, I really think that we need to spend some time, not necessarily at the full task force, but perhaps at this committee, since we've already gotten into it tonight about nonprofit entities um, and complaints and the process and contracts. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 an ongoing. It's and, a thing and snowballing and, issue that. It'd be nice to get something presented to and, the full task force. And you and I got into this a bit, not in a bad way, but years ago, but yeah. it's been a long time. Yeah. There's been turnover in the city. And I think we need to look at what the specific requirements are of 12L of 67.21, where they intersect, where they don't. Great. Um, so not jumping ahead. No, no, but I, I'm just, I'm saying, I think that's an item, and, and I, we should I talk agree. about. That. I agree. We should so, open up a, a separate case. I think we will get into that when we get that. to item ten. All right. Okay. Very good. Okay. okay. So we have a motion. We have a seconder. Uh, how about some public comment? Maybe maybe we should start with Pat asking online first, and as they put up their hands, we can then go to the room. I think that's that's be a big good order to, to do things in. So Pat, fire away. If there's a remote attendee who would like to um, offer public comment on this item, please press star three on your phone or raise your yeah. hand using the app. I'll give you a moment. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, is anyone in the room that would like to make public comment on this motion? I see a gentleman approaching. Chair Highland, we have no one in the caller queue. I, I had a question actually. Go ahead. Is Chair. there a okay. sign in log of attendees and stuff like that? Uh, for the public or oh, uh, like a sign-in book right here you mean yeah, in, for this room? Yeah. Uh, we don't have that. I don't think we ever have had. Um, I, I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't think that's something we do in our committees or or, or other committees either. 
Oh. No, so the way you would go on record is by talking into the record, giving your name, offering public comment. That's, I guess, that's as mm -hmm. close as we get to a lot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Sir, can I have yeah, a name for your you. other public comment, your first one? Uh, Daniel Lee. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lee. All right, seeing no one else in the room, and Pat, I assume no one else has raised their hand since last That's correct. Time. All right, okay. Public comments close on this item. And Cheryl, when you're ready, we can take a vote. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Hyland? Aye. Chair Hyland, aye. All in favor? Uh, moved by Member Pilpel, seconded by Member Hill to refer this matter to, to the full task force consent calendar with the recommendation that we find no violation of 6721. The Education Outreach and Training Committee requests the Department of Public Health treat this as a 12L.5B request. Or complaint. Matter. Complaint? Matter. 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 Yeah, matter was the word we used. All right. Good work, everyone. Okay. Mr. Chair. Our next case, or do you want to take a break? Member uh, Pilpel? Would you like a second? Uh, <laughs> I, I was just going to ask for like a 30 second stretch break, but maybe at the same time, if we can check if. Uh, Ms. Shulman and the respondents around for the other yeah. cases. So you want thirty seconds? That's it. Okay. All right. Let's take a let's take a. Chair, uh, uh, would you like a little bit of a break? Let's take a five minute recess. Everybody, how's that? Yeah. Okay. Is that, that enough? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Okay. Thank you, Task Force members. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That was why I previewed the item as public. Can you turn the microphones off, Chair?
Okay, the microphones are back on. Shall I take a quick roll call? So just call the meeting back to order. This is the Education Outreach and Training Committee meeting of November 28, 2023. The time is 729. Uh, we'll take a quick roll call as we return from our short recess. Chair Hyland. Present. Chair Hyland present. Member Hill. Present. Member Hill present. Member Pilpel. Present. Member Pilpel present. We have a quorum. And before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to our admins, to Cheryl and Victor and Pat. Uh, in particular, that summary and document list was very, very helpful on the last two items, 20055 and 21125. And um, hopefully we, I'll, uh, I'll let Ms. Cavillo know that really helped us here because these were very complex documents and having it right there with links to each thing was fantastic. Um, hopefully um, <laughs> you guys haven't shot yourselves in your foot by creating the new standard. <laughs> but uh, we're not supposed to be doing that. I know, I know, but it was appreciated. And I know, and I, I did request it in particular for this one. Thank okay. you for doing most that. That the, was most of the credit goes to uh, Administrator Young. He uh, well, I'm, I'm giving credit all around to our administrators, plural. Uh, and you know the the document to customer ratio there is all pill pill. All right, okay. Moving on, next item, please. Item number six, file number two three zero six five. Complaint filed by Maria Schulman against Lila LaHood, chair of the chair of the Sunshine Task Force Compliance and Amendments Committee for allegedly violating administrative code section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a complete and or timely manner. This is the first time this case is being heard. Great, okay. Um, and we have Ms. Schulman online, is that correct? That is correct. All right. Um, is, is member LaHood online or was she expected to be? Uh, she was noticed. Okay. So she's aware. Okay. Anyone else online, Pat? There are two individuals. Um, Ms. LaHood is not online. Okay. You, you can always um, you can always unmute the individual and ask them who they are in case it's a number we don't recognize just to make sure. Mm -hmm. um, call in user beginning with 650580. You identify you, yourself? Would you like to identify yourself, please? You, you need to unmute them. Thank you. You have been unmuted. Uh, callers, you want to identify yourself? You've been unmuted, oh. and I see that you have raised your hand. I apologize. This is Lieutenant Toomey. Uh, I'm representing the police departments for lines seven and eight. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And the other person didn't. Was that both of them? Yeah. For the last two cases. Hi, Gina. I just, oops. Sorry, Victor. Hi, Gina, I've just unmuted you. If you can identify which items you're here for, it would be appreciated. Uh, 
justice. And the only justice. Uh, it sounds like the line is unattended at the moment. I'm hearing okay. background noise. All right. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Pat. Um, uh, Member Pilpel. Or maybe if they could put something in the direct chat to whoever the Gina person well, is. We do not use chats during these oh, meetings. Oh, never mind. Never are. mind. That creates problems. Um, okay. To I I just noticed in the packet on item six, Ms. Schulman's information is here, which is great. Um, I didn't see any response from uh, Member LaHood. Was there any response? Okay, all right. That's all I needed to know. Yeah, this is a new item, right? Item so um, I I think Member LaHood may have responded to other matters. Okay, but um, if you're not seeing it here, then this is this is a fresh new one before us. Okay, so let's. Uh, Let's proceed and uh, Ms. Shulman, you'll have 3 minutes to kind of give us the lay of the land and what you're looking for. Um, uh, in this, uh, in this item, uh, Ms. Lege will let you know when, when she's ready. Ms. Shulman, are you ready to begin speaking? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking the time to review and hear my complaint. Um, the respondent uh, has already acknowledged that she was at fault for not responding to my records request. And I believe that she has also taken steps to avoid future sunshine ordinance violations by adding an auto response message to her email. And I appreciate her doing this. I understand that members of the task force are volunteers and they may not be able to respond immediately to records requests. I also understand that the sunshine ordinance applies to these members regardless, and they are under an obligation to adhere to its requirements. Um, I personally um, am far more concerned with the reason that I was compelled to make this particular records request uh, much more than I am with the violation that ensued afterwards. I believe that the events which precipitated this request deserve consideration and they fall under the purview of this task force. So. To provide a little background, I had a different complaint that was scheduled to be heard in a committee meeting for which um, member LaHood was, and I think still is the chair. And my file was removed from that committee meeting agenda with no notice or explanation. Mm -hmm. It appeared that the respondent for that file had requested that the item be postponed mm -hmm. and the clerk had uh, removed it from the meeting agenda without consulting me, which is a violation of task force procedure. When I inquired with the clerk and pointed out that she had violated procedure, um, she initially avoided acknowledging any problem and then claimed that she and Chair LaHood had decided together to remove the item. Um, I find this all very troubling. It is clear that task force procedure was not properly followed when my item was removed from the committee agenda. From the emails that Chair LaHood eventually provided, it seems that the removal was made by the clerk and not by Chair LaHood. Um, I don't know really what happened, but I'm troubled by the clerk's behavior in this instance. I am equally troubled by the fact that there seems to be no recourse for members of the public when task force procedure is not properly followed. All I can do is raise the issue during the course of this complaint hearing. So I ask that the task force take steps to clean up its own processes and ensure that proper procedure is consistently followed by both the clerk and by committee chairs. Uh, <clears throat> I filed many complaints with your task force and attended many meetings over the past five years. And it is clear to me that your system as it now stands does not work well enough. 
it is unconscionable that not only does the majority of city staff disregard the sunshine ordinance, but even the clerk of this very task force does not fully follow task force procedure in processing the complaints. And what's worse, refuses to take responsibility for the procedure pointed out. Ms. Shulman, your time is up. Thank you, Ms. Shulman. Um, is anybody online uh, in support of Ms. Shulman? There's no one in the room, and I believe of um, uh, Pat, you can go ahead and ask that question. Please press star three if you would like to speak or raise your hand using the app. I see no responses, Chair right. Highland. And then just for the record, let's uh, again ask, is anyone here to respond to this? Um, again, Pat, if you can just state if there's any respondent to this case. There are no respondents. All right. Okay. <clears throat> All right. The matter is before us. Um, Ms. Shulman, I had a quick, quick question right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> looking at the parameters of this request, uh, all email correspondence between you and the SOTF clerk between June 5th to the present date, which would have been June 30th at the time of the writing, right? So we're looking at a 25-day period. Um, did, did you did you mention that since this is you know since that writing that you've received those documents? Did I hear that correctly or or not? Yeah, I did. Um, okay. Eventually. Okay. Um, and are you satisfied with everything that you received? It sounds like you are, because then you're able to come to the determination of of uh, of what actually happened based on those that correspondence. Um, I'm not like completely sure that I have everything because um, I wasn't, yeah, I don't really know what what happened um, between Chair LaHood and the clerk. Okay. And just out of curiosity, uh, not that it affects this particular case, but uh, referring to your item being taken off the agenda, was that an agenda that was an official agenda posted online and then it was pulled last minute or was it was it like a draft agenda that uh, you received and it didn't make it onto the final agenda. Just curious. Uh, that I don't know because I only look at what comes in through my email. I don't look at the online postings. Gotcha. So you received something in your email saying this item was going to be heard on such and such date, but then ultimately it was it was pushed back, not heard on that date. Does that sound right? Right. Yeah, that's correct. Got it. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, uh, and uh, I, uh, I think I remember Member LaHood saying something about this, and and I've seen the autoresponder. I've seen that that email. Um, this might be something that we can we can send to the, you know, to the full task force as a consent uh, item, saying that you know the problem has been acknowledged, um, violation took place, and. Uh, both parties are have have you know resolved this going forward, but for the record, it should it should be it should be entered something along those lines. Any any thoughts, Member Pilpel? Yeah, I have um, I have a very open mind um, in general, but also on this matter. Um, since uh, Member LaHood is not here as the respondent, um, maybe let me ask uh, Ms. Shulman. Is your, 
I heard you articulate a couple of different things. Are you more concerned with the task force possibly finding a violation on the question of timeliness? Or are you more concerned with the task force or the task force clerk's failure to follow task force procedures um, or both? Can, can you just help me with what your priority is here? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm more concerned with um, task force procedure being followed, um, but um, not to the point that like, I, I don't know what the answer is um, in terms of how you can deal with that. And so, um, yeah, so I reserve the right to continue okay. forward with this complaint. I mean, I'll, I'll just try to be as candid as I can be. I think we can spend a fair amount of time on this here tonight and at the full task force and follow up and whatnot. Um, I think it, from what I know, I think it is arguable as to whether or not um, member LaHood or any other member of a, a policy body that gets an email um, that doesn't necessarily check their email all the time, that may be on vacation, et cetera, et cetera, particularly if they're a volunteer, yada, yada, whether their obligation is to respond by the close of business on the next business day of when it was sent or to respond by the close of the business day after they've actually seen uh, the record request. Um, I think that's a, a fair question. And whether, uh, you know, how much of the, the burden is on the uh, member to check their email all the time, essentially. Um, it, it's an interesting question. Whether someone regularly checks and responds and essentially is diligent um, and is, as soon as something is called to their attention, if they absolutely get on it, then, you know, personally, I'm not sure that I would find a, a violation there. I mean, there are a lot of timeliness violations that can be found that I'm not sure are particularly meaningful. Moving to the other part of your concern about following task force procedures, I think um, it is interesting, perhaps clever, um, to use the vehicle of a complaint to get into that. Um, I think there are good reasons why we have procedures and we should, in the general scheme, follow those procedures for ourselves, for complainants, for respondents, for the whole, if we, if we only observe complaints, uh, sorry, if we only observe procedures um, when we feel like it, then they're not really good procedures. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of more with you on that part of it. Um, and I don't know what the best recourse is there. Um, so I'm just, I think what I'm saying is I am less inclined to find what might be uh, or, or what could be termed a technical violation here. I'm more interested in sorting out the uh, issues with whether procedures were followed. Um, 
and and really I'm more interested in, in figuring out going forward that we have controls in place so that uh, procedures are followed and if they're not followed that they are not followed for a good reason and that it's uh, documented and that somebody takes uh, accountability for that. Right. Uh, Member Pilpel, uh, Chair Highland here, let me just respond to that. I just want to keep us focused on this particular matter, which is the uh, 6721-25 issues rather than agendas and whatnot. Right. Um, and I wanted to ask uh, uh, Ms. Schulman, has that other case come to its full conclusion? Is that still going on? The one? Uh, I think that it is. Um, the The task force ruled on it. And it's now there's a there's an appeal pending. If I have the right I, uh, item in my head, I think. Okay, all right. So yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole on that item since that's already, you know, being pursued mm -hmm. in the appropriate channels. Um, but it is interesting to note that you know uh, the. Um, the code does say every person, and I'll read it to the record, 6721A, every person having custody of any public record or public information as defined herein, uh, herein, herein, herein after referred to as a custodian of a public record, shall at normal times and during normal and reasonable hours of operation with unreasonable delay and without requiring an appointment permit the public record uh, or any portion of record to be inspected and examined by a person and shall furnish it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, Which is that section again? I'm sorry. Uh, 6721A. What what it's saying is basically anyone that that has that owns a public record is treated as a custodian of a public record. It's not necessarily you know the department head or the custodian of records for a department, right? So we're we're all every employee is essentially a custodian of record. This is something that's come up in the past. What is interesting to note is in this case. Uh, the IDR was submitted on a Friday of a holiday weekend with the Monday, quite possibly um, a lot of people took off July 3rd and then July 4th, July 5th. Um, when when did Member LaHood eventually respond to you, Ms. Shulman? Um, let me see if I can find it. It was much later. Much um, later, okay. Yeah. Must, must have been a great holiday she was on. Sometimes we <laughs> Anyhow, not, not, not to get into the, but um i mean to me this 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 looks like something that um you know we should note and record you know uh, and 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 move on and that's why it's 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 feeling like consent calendar to me and at the time at the full task force if member the hood wants to pull it off consent and discuss it more she certainly has that right to do that what do you think about that Abby? i'm not i'm not sure if if she's the respondent, she wouldn't be sitting with us at that point. Good, so good point. Good point. Maybe she can't. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess I th I think you know being a member of the task force, I think she she was noticed. Um, so if she wanted to be here, I think she would have been. I think you know I'll certainly take Miss Shulman at her word that Miss LaHood has already you know acknowledged that. Member LaHood has already acknowledged you know the tiredness of response, etc. So I I have no problems with. You know, recommending the full task force with those recommendations. I, I guess what I'm just struggling with more than anything is what is a reasonable burden 
on a member, particularly if they're a volunteer, to check their email regularly, et cetera, in the uh, uh, what do you call it? In in the possibility that someone's going to send them a, an IDR on a Friday afternoon. Uh -huh. And I'm not saying that Ms. Shulman isn't entitled to records. She right. absolutely is. Right, right. I mean, we could recommend this with no comment. Just recommend the full task force and have that discussion at a at a with the full task force. Also, it's not a bad one. It's not a bad question to ask. But I think what applies to us applies to everyone else. What applies it, to everyone else applies to us, right? As Ms. Shulman stated eloquently at the beginning of her presentation. So I, I agree with that. And sometimes you forget that, that we are all custodians of records, you know. Right. Um, with, I mean, this was at, at 10.06 um, a.m. on a Friday, but it also could have been at 4.30 on that same Friday. Right. And whether this was to Member LaHood or to the chair of the Planning Commission, yeah. you know, I, I mean, yeah. it's, and, and I just think that it's different from a member of the Board of Supervisors who's a full-time employee as opposed to someone who's serving essentially as a, a volunteer and, you know, shouldn't, the, the question is whether they should be reasonably expected to uh, comply with records requests in the same way as a full-time employee. I mean, you could almost extend that argument to say, let's say a member of the public since had a conversation with a member of, of the city government, could someone sunshine that member of the public yeah. and request, so, I mean, you see where I'm going there with this. I mean, if you want to look into those things, but these are all these are all wonderful rabbit hole discussions. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that, uh, that's why I'm. Yeah. Struggling. I mean, maybe the answer is that we refer this to the uh, full task force, either with a recommendation to find a violation, to find no violation, or without a recommendation. Um, and is it going on the consent calendar still? Well, no, it, we'll, 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 we're not we're there still, yet. Still, we're still working on that. Um, I no, think that, yeah, member help. Um, if someone is an employee of the city of San Francisco and then they leave and they're not an employee anymore, there you go. then you, then that person is not responsible for records that are in their, the, the, the person who's responsible that, they, that the request can go to could be the person, the, the email administrator or the clerk of, or, you know, or the, you know, or that person's boss, yeah. um, uh, you know, but if someone makes a request to a former employee and sends it to, you know, their personal email um, uh, and asks them, you know, that, that essentially like, like filing a sunshine request um, uh, to, you know, a former employee's personal email, that person does not have to respond. Like they're not a they're not a they're not they're not they're not a custodian of the public record anymore. Well, um, let's let's be careful because this came up recently with respect to the elections commission and the redistricting task force. So it cuts different ways. Right, but again, it's it's all about. I'm saying it's about who the request is made to. Right. Was the request what, what was a was there a complaint filed with? The, the 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 when 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 I want to communicate with the with the board of supervisors, I communicate with the clerk of the board of supervisors, um, um, you know, and that person is the official person who is responsible. Exactly. That's what you did. I, I, quick, I, quick, quick question for Ms. Shulman. Um, this, I say we're going to open a can of worms. We we are, but the the as it reads, this request went to Member LaHood directly. Did you send a similar request to our clerk, to our admin staff? Um. 
for the same I sent a separate request. I think I requested records from the clerk first. Oh, I'm actually not sure about that, but there were two different records requests. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, in, and I found world. the response. Sorry to interrupt, but just for your information, I submitted this to the clerk too, but I submitted it um, late, so it didn't make it into your electronic packet. But um, the response that I got back from Member LaHood was on July 27th, um, 2023. So it was the original request was Friday, June 30th. That holiday week weekend. Right, it was right. Almost a month. Yeah, almost a month. I think she and, related and, that to us at the full task force. I think she did. And she and um, and so when you submitted this this record request on June 30th to LaHood, did you also submit it on June 30th to our clerk? Um, I don't know if I'll be able to figure that out. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the message right here. It's from Maria Shulman to, but that's what's in our packet. She right. may have, she may have separately. Oh yeah. No, it, uh, what, what I was saying was that she wasn't copied on it. I know that would have been, that would have been ideal. Right. Right. Uh, because then right, yeah, I did, not, another email. I did not copy the clerk. I just right, sent right, that right. request. And in my head, it was just directed to member right. LaHood. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And please, please don't get me wrong, Michelman. Um, you know, I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. It's just that I'm 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 trying to be very careful that we don't um, set a precedent. Right. I, yeah. I, so this, I, I'm also not trying to draw a broad. No, no, no. It's an interesting distinction. Um, does is there anywhere in the Sunshine Ordinance that refers to city employees specifically, right? Or does it include members of policy boards? Da, 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 da. You, if you go back, to you'd, you'd have to go back to definitions and interpret a little bit. Um, right. I mean, I think it is, it is on the one hand reasonable to say that yes, anyone who's a custodian of a record is subject to a, a records request mm -hmm. and that they need to respond. That's fair. Yeah. It is, I think it is also reasonable to say that someone who's not a full-time employee perhaps does not have the same absolute um, obligations as to timeliness as a full-time employee, but when it's pointed out that they have a, a request pending that they need to get on it um, and respond, and if it's an IDR, to uh, treat it as an IDR. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, again, without reaching the 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 broadest conclusion, I think, on this specific set of facts, I am disinclined to find a violation. I'm open to the argument, but yeah. I'm just, uh, I mean, I, I think it's I, different from the, the mayor or a department. Right. Normal I, times and during normal yeah. and reasonable hours of operation, which we don't have normal times or normal, reasonable hours of operation. Yeah. Like if I were an I, employee of the city, I would have normal normal times and normal and reasonable hours of operation. Right. I I, I think you know, and, and I don't believe that member. I, I don't believe that member LaHood was trying to delay, obfuscate, or no. hide. I think it, and I think she related to us that she thought it went into a spam folder, and once she was, it was brought to her attention. She grabbed it and went and right, the, right. Find, found the documents and disclosed them. I, th I think what's more important out of all this, uh, in terms of you know our policies and whatnot, is I, I think we should all have autoresponders on our SOTF personal accounts, 
so that all of us are now protected from missing something like this, where it says, I think her said, I don't always monitor this. If this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, timely or urgent, please also uh, copy our clerk. Uh, and I think that was a good move. I think we should all do that. And I would be happy to see that come out of this discussion. Yeah. More than for the record, I have that. <laughs> good. Yeah. And I'm, every time someone sends me an email, it says, Please note that I do not check this email account every day for matters related to the Sunshine Order. Please email SOTF at sfgov.org. You know, I've seen yours. Yeah. If, with your permission, I'm going to copy that one. Absolutely. For several months. Yeah. As, as, as a consequence of this. Yeah. So I think that's something we should all do. Um, that's a great idea. And I think this might also tie into our earlier recommendation that all members of policy bodies be assigned an email address and Absolutely. that this should be one of the an auto uh, reply so that somebody doesn't just get an IDR at three in the morning, not check the thing, and then, you know, suffer a complaint later on when they're not intending to avoid it. They just didn't check it, don't know it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I can't just delete my Gmail and all of a sudden that it's gone either because it's on city property. Right. Exactly. For all of those reasons. So I think I, I really do appreciate Ms. Shulman, and I think um, good will come from this. I'm just not yet uh, convinced that there's a, a violation okay. on this particular fact. Uh, so how about we no um, how about we forward to the full task force with no recommendation, period? Um, and we encourage the task force to discuss... Um, definition of task force members uh actually we don't even say that they're going to do that we're going to do that yeah i think I, what we should say is uh recommend the full task force with with no recommendation period we do have a recommend all task force members set up an autoresponder for those who have email for <laughs> and for everyone including those that pretend <laughs> to not have emails um that would be a good that would be a I think I think so. I think the so I'll be happy to make the motion the motion to file that that um, that the task force has jurisdiction, um, and that we refer it to the full committee with no recommendation. Yep. And then if we want to include a footnote, um, yeah, sure. to make to yeah. the, the the chair and you, yeah, you just said EOTC recommends all task force members. Have a, have a, an autoresponder install an autoresponder um, feature on their task force email, right? Directing the public to email sotf at sf .org for matters relating to the Sunshine Order Task Force. Very nice. And we might broaden that in the future to other members of policy bodies, but one yeah, thing at a time. Cheryl, did you? Get I, I all, can live with all that. That all sounds good. Yeah, I'll I'll second that motion. Hang on a second. Just... And referrals without a recommendation, therefore, don't go on a consent calendar because it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It would have to be a discussion. <clears throat> Ms. Shulman, bear with us while we craft a motion. 
Okay. Who is seconding this? Tao? Uh, Chair, I'm motioning it. You, Chris, you were moving, right? Uh, no, uh, Tao is moving. Chris is seconding. It's a Hill Highland production. <laughs> Uh, and who is second? I'm sorry. Uh, Chair Highland. Oh, okay. So, Ms. Shulman, as you can see, we're we're putting together a motion to move this forward. Is there any last comments you'd, you'd like to make on this? I you don't think go. so. Oh, okay. All right. I'm good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, moved by Member Hill, seconded by Chair Highland. That the uh, there is jurisdiction, the records are public, and forward the matter to the task force with the recommendation that, um, with, with no recommendation, and ask the task force to discuss the definition of. No, 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 let's take that out. We, we, we thought about that, but we're not putting it in. So, no recommendation, period. Um, the EOTC recommends all task force members set up an autoresponder to their SOTF email accounts, period. This autoresponder shall direct, shall direct any inquiries to the SOTF at sfgov.org. Yeah, to SOTF at SOTF.gov.org. SOTF at sfgov.org. <laughs> Just checking if you're listening. All right. Office of the Administrator 1 SOTF Plaza. <laughs> Bash. Good look, Holt. You know what we could do? Um, send your thing in. Okay. Here, I'll send that for this to you, sure. Yeah, send that to Cheryl. Cheryl, Tao's going to send you his example. You can tack that on and write an example could be as follows and then do what he's going to send you as a cut and paste. That'll give a nice instruction to the full task force. Once again, I think what we're doing is taking at least these three cases so far as an opportunity to fix things, right. make it less confrontational and more problem solving. Agreed. So... Welcome to the new version around here. Problem solver. Problem solvers. Okay. Got it. Do we take a vote? Public comment. If there are any re remote attendees who would like to comment on this item, please press star three on your phone or raise your hand using the app. I'll give you a moment. There's no one in the room. <laughs> And just to note, there's no one in the in the physical room. And there is no one in the room. Other than us chickens. <laughs> um, no one has their hand raised, Chair Highland. Thank you, Pat. All right, Cheryl, when you're ready, take a roll call on that. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Highland? Aye. Chair Highland, aye. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. The motion has been approved. Thank <laughs> you.
Ms. Shulman, I'll, I'll just state that um, in our announcements, comments, questions, future dinner items, um, I'll, I'll, I'll readdress um, your other concern. Are we ready for the next case? We are. Item number seven, file number 23043, complaint filed by Maria Shulman against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and or complete manner. This is the first time this case has been heard. Great, thank you. And is um, Sergeant Toomey, are you still online? Lieutenant. Lieutenant, my apologies. Lieutenant to me has been added as a panelist. Great. Has he also been unmuted as well? We can find out. Got you. Got you. There, there we go. Are. All right. He raised his hand. Good evening. Good evening. And you were once a sergeant, not too, not too distant past, right? Mm, about four years ago, but I'm not going to hold it against you. That's right. I've been, I, I've been here 12 years. So you have to forgive well, me. Well, you got me beat then. <laughs> All right. Congratulations on your promotion. All right. And uh, Ms. Shulman, you're still here with us? Yes, I am. I was muted. Sorry. All right. Okay. Um, so with, this is a new item. So per our normal procedures, uh, each party will have three minutes to discuss the case, and then it'll be before the members. And then we'll come back for rebuttals. So, uh, Cheryl, if you could let Ms. Shulman know when you're ready to, to start the clock uh, for your three minutes summary. Ms. Shulman, are you ready to begin? Yes. Go ahead, please. Okay, so for this one, I don't have prepared remarks, but hopefully it's pretty straightforward. Um, the uh, respondent did not provide keyed redactions, and the respondent failed to keep redactions to a minimum. Um, so if you look at, um, for example, page 15 of the electronic packet, um, the respondent um, blacked out the name of, this is, we're looking at an email that somebody sent to a city employee, and the respondent blacked out the name of the city employee that um, the email is addressed to. Um, it just the, the redactions seem kind of random in places like they're just not consistent. Um, further down page? that same 15. page 15. Um, so where is it? Da, 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 da. Oh, it's not. That's not the right page. Um, oh, yeah, no, it is. So page 15. Um, one, two, three, four, five paragraphs down. Um, uh, it says like, no one was involved in making a yep. decision con concerning pilot, although, you know, pilot, and then the name is blacked out, but it's, um, Virginia Donahue, who like is included in the email. She's a city employee. Um, and it's just weird that that's redacted. Um, okay. further down the same page, the respondent blacked out the name of another city employee in a scenario um, in which that city employee was testifying in a public hearing. Um, on page 22 of the electronic packet, the name of um, some a neighbor is blacked out, and yet the respondent saw fit later on not to redact that same person's name um, in, a the, they, in a LinkedIn profile. Um, so on page two, 203 of your packet, 
you can see their whole LinkedIn page. Um, there's pronouns that are redacted in some places and not in others. Uh, further down on page 26, the name of a former city employee is redacted, um, the associate deputy director of ACC, and the name of the hearing officer in a public hearing is redacted. Um, and uh, the respondent did not provide all responsive records to this request. They withheld certain emails and they withheld the attachments that were included in at least one of the emails that they provided. And um, so that's why I uh, filed this complaint. And I yield the remainder of my time. Thank you, Ms. Shulman. Is there anybody online uh, in support of Ms. Shulman? I see no one in the queue. Thank you. And no one in the room. All no right. Uh, Cheryl, when you're ready, let Lieutenant Toomey know when you're ready. Sir, are you ready to begin speaking? I am, ma'am. Go ahead. So, uh, thank you everybody for uh, spending the evening with us. Um, I can speak to the uh, convolution or uh, the volume of, and the, for lack of a better term, randomcy of the redaction. Uh, this was an interesting case that uh, the, um, uh, employee that is with the San Francisco Police Department's legal division had to handle, um, and I can uh, I know firsthand that she actually had to seek a little bit of guidance from the city attorney's office uh, because the documents that um, were reviewed, um, we have a kind of a, a special relationship between the police department uh, and the animal care and control with regards to uh, the vicious dog unit. Uh, we play an ancillary role in it. Uh, so we weren't, it's not one of our documents that we necessarily use on an everyday basis. Uh, there's only one officer that actually is charged with dealing with uh, the vicious uh, dog um, process. field, for lack of a better term. Uh, the uh, advice that the um, legal analyst that worked this was given was to uh, attempt to review the documents and remove personal data, uh, personal names, names of personnel, personal information. So, um, as she's reading the the myriad of documents and there's names, she she doesn't have a present knowledge of who is a city employee and who isn't. Uh, it seems like the uh, complainant probably has a more uh, versed knowledge of who the players in this are. Um, so. The redaction was done to remove names and the uh, idea of making sure that if those names were, if we could not identify if that was a city employee or if it was a uh, member of the public, we were going to redact those people, that name. Uh, we only provide public names if, the, if that person, if we can clearly tell that that person freely gave that information. Uh, so I think that's where uh, the LinkedIn account was provided because that was freely passed over in a public forum and we could tell that and see that. Uh, but when reviewing documents and trying to review uh, parties involved, uh, we need to do our best to not provide or disseminate of someone's personal information if it's not public. Um, and that's the redaction policy. Uh, and all of the redactions in this were uh, referenced as being redactions because of personal information. 
So each individual wasn't keyed because the main letter documented the uh, the stance that, that what was redacted was personal information. Um, and then uh, I can't speak to the fact that um, this file and the next file that we're going to listen to are kind of a, a piggyback or a connection to, to each other uh, because the complainant had updated and made a response to this claim. Um, and then we went through and actually did key in to every one of those black on it, uh, the number 12, which was the key code. With regards to speaking about the attachment. Lieutenant Toomey, that's, uh, uh, we, your time's up. We can, we can get into oh, my the this. That's okay. Thank you. Sure. All right. Um, so members, this item is before you. We may have questions for both of you. Just stand by, please. Um, Member Pilpel. So on first glance, I think um, the police department acknowledged that there was a timeliness issue. I think I saw that in their response on page. Uh-huh. Correct. Page 40. Okay. Um, 40, I think. Um, so there's that. On, I'm a little more concerned, uh, frankly, on the uh, redaction question, and uh, I wanted to ask uh, Lieutenant Toomey if you could expand a little bit on your thought. I, I don't, I don't need to know who the city attorney was. I don't need to know who the legal analyst is. I just wanted to understand what you s said was the policy to redact personal information and what does the department consider personal information for purpose of this redaction exercise? And uh, just help me through this a little bit. Certainly. So um, the idea of when we've been advised and at times because there's a possibility in this case, there was injury, uh, there was medical uh, medical forms and documentation of events that caused um, injury and, and possible criminal investigation and cross possible um, violations of the law. We have to be mindful not to um, expose what would be we would be able to somebody would be able to identify somebody who's they could then link to protected information such as their medical information, what they've been treated for. Um, it's kind of the rabbit hole of if we reference somebody's name, but then we provide a medical document that shows something, you could put two and two together and determine that this is a medical record for that person. So the idea that we kind of try to anonymize certain things and we have to anonymize those through the redaction of the name. So I okay. think that was one the piece of the advice we got because of how where the how this event and what unfolded on this event, what we how we had to anonymize the documentation. Okay, I I just wanted to spend another couple of minutes on this because I think it's um, interesting and perhaps important. Um, I understand redactions for medical reasons and HIPAA and, and all of that. I understand a little bit about the vicious animal hearings and all of that. And you've got one officer and yada, yada. Um, 
where I'm having more trouble is in this first pass of redactions that Ms. Shulman made reference to and what seems to be sort of inconsistent and, um, a, a, I don't know, a bit arbitrary um, redactions of names when it's not particularly obvious why the name of an individual would be um, germane. I mean, if if somebody had in a document, you know, this person, you know, went and killed my neighbor, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. That's kind of a strong assertion. And if it's not backed up and, you know, maybe there's an uh, evidence code 1040 reason or whatever. But in this case, if this is, you know, sort of laying out the history of a, a dog and how a dog may have acted appropriately or inappropriately and, and someone's telling a story, I'm not sure that I'm finding the same basis for non-disclosure or redaction of just somebody's name. And I mean, I guess one could have created a, a table of contents and, and identified actors one through six and, you know, redacted uh, the name and say, okay, this is now actor three. You know, I mean, it, it starts to get into like some weird federal charging indictment or I, I don't know what. I, again, I'm I'm just trying to understand either the advice or the police department's policy on redacting a name just because it's somebody's name. Um, so again, if you can just help me a little bit more on that. You, so you, you, you sort of understand what I'm saying. I'm no, I certainly do. I, the advice that we received was that information that was provided in a vicious and dangerous dog hearing is open to the public and that we should just be redacting the personal identifiable information. Um, so, um, that was what was the advice was given. If personal identifiable information is not their name, then it was maybe that advice was lost between that. That's the issue is, are we considering a name or personal identifiable piece of information? Um, I mean, that, and, that, that's yeah. And I guess my sense has always been that your name and your, you know, what do they call it in, in sports? Your name, image, and likeness. Um, right. That that that's you know fairly public. I'm sitting here in a room at City Hall. There are cameras. There are people sitting around me. You know, I I'm pretty public as to who I am and the fact that I'm here. I have a name that can be associated with Certainly. me. Um, then. I, I hate to, I, my apologies for interrupting. Then it yeah. may be that it, it was a, uh, mis, a misunderstanding or a mis, uh, misunderstanding or uh, under, not completely, uh, completely understanding the advice that was given by the city attorney's office mm -hmm. with regards to what public information, public identifiable, identifiable information is. Is it the name? Is it uh, a date of birth? Uh, does that 
take it one right. step further that that should be redacted. Um, right. Again, maybe that's something my, we could... that you can follow up on. I mean, again, yeah. my sense is that the someone's name and whatever story they're telling is essentially public. The personal information gets into their home address if that's not mm-hmm. obvious. Their you know date of birth, social, phone number, sure. email that that kind of identifiable you know what we're now calling sort of PII that that information it seems to me is appropriately redacted. And if you go back to um, what you quoted in your letter on page uh, eight, um, which was sixty two fifty four C, I don't know where it landed now, but in any event. Disclosure of that information would constitute an unwarranted invasion of privacy. So it's not just that it's personal in nature, it's that disclosure of that information would constitute an unwarranted invasion of privacy. So it's a it's essentially it's not a sixty two fifty five, the old sixty two fifty five general balancing test. It's a privacy balancing test on whether disclosure of that information um is warranted in the the public interest or is unwarranted um, because it would constitute an invasion of privacy. And there there are a line of cases that speak to this, and I'm not a lawyer, et et cetera, et cetera. But I think getting, at a minimum, getting some clarification from the city attorney and having a written policy of the department as to what in what personal information is subject to redaction and why, and employing that um, consistently would help. Does that? I, it, no, no argument here. I, okay. I think that what what you what you just stated makes perfect sense. I think um, again, I. Uh, I don't make excuses, but I do try to give some rationale to what was transpiring. I can remember the how this was taken and the difficulty of the oddity of this not being a, a the, under the normal. It's not a normal document that we deal with on an everyday, um, and there was a lot of questions as to how to handle it. And I, but I absolutely agree that there should be some and the standard and some balance. Right, and the police department has all kinds of documents and records and laws and all kinds of things that pertain. So there may be a different policy for um, vicious animal hearings and statements as opposed to police incident reports or CAD documents or arson reports or uh, uh, confidential informant things. What all kinds of different things may apply, but at least having whatever policy is suggested or articulated by the city attorney and employed by the department codified um, and used consistently uh, would be good. And I I don't hear you disagreeing with any of that. Not at all. Okay. Um, I'm going to give Ms. Shulman an opportunity to respond to some of uh, what she's heard because uh, Tenant Toomey's had quite some time. Ms. Shulman, is there anything you'd like to add or, or clarify? Um, in, in particular, um, I wanted to ask, is there anything that you, since this was uh, filed, is there anything that you have received? Um, where are you with, um, you know, getting everything that uh, you were looking for? Uh, thanks for asking that. Um, 
no, I, um, I appreciate what, um, what's being said. And, um, I think that I have, I don't know that I'm missing any, um, records at this point. Um, yeah, I think more consistency in the redactions would be good. Um, and, um, Yeah, um, and it would be, I don't know if it would be helpful if there could be clarity on, um, like, if, if somebody makes a records request for an email and that email contains an attachment, um, should the respondent include the attachment? It's like, is that part of the email or is it not? Um, that would be something that I would like to have the task force, like, decide on. Yeah, I would think the quick answer is yes. Um, <laughs> but um, if, one thing I wanted to ask you to, to me. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go, ahead. Yeah, go, ahead. go, go ahead, ahead and please. respond to that, and then I'll, I'll have a question for you. Uh, go ahead. I, I do have a response with regards to attachment to email as a general, not to just Ms. Shulman. Um, the manner in which we receive our email from uh, our IT, uh, it is it isn't necessarily, uh, it, we don't get it as an email. We actually get it as a PDF of what their email screen would look like. So as somebody asks for a huge amount of something, um, we're talking hundreds of pages of a PDF, um, the, the attachment, you would just see the screenshot of what looks like an attachment to it. And that is not actually included in the PDF itself, like at the end or somewhere. We it on a smaller production where we're going, it's you know one email address, one email. We could look and say, oh, there was an attachment. Let's see how we can get that attachment. Does that attachment even exist anymore uh, from the email system? So yeah, we understand that there's an attachment issue for lack of a better term, and uh, within the police department and the in the legal division, uh, we're doing our due diligence now because this isn't the first time we've had somebody get a production and then go, hey, I want the attachments to that email. Uh, and then we've had to go back and request that the person who drafted that email, hey, do you have that file still? Um, because it's, it's not necessarily the, we don't get their actual email, we get a screenshot of it. Um, so, in this case, Ms. Schulman kind of made a second request and, and um, went through to make it a, to make a complaint that she didn't get the attachment. Um, but in other cases, we've had somebody just call back or message back saying, "Hey, I'd like that attachment too." And we go, "Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's get that for you." So, kind of, it's a technical issue. It's a technical reason why, but we are aware of it and are working to to put a system in place to to monitor and look for attachments and provide those if we recognize that they're present in that email. Hope that answers your question. Yes, and, and then the question I had is, in your preamble, I, I heard you talking about, you know, some of the reasons for redactions, and I think you touched upon the fact that you were advised that because this case may or may not include injury and, and future litigation, that may have colored some of your redactions. 
as far as I understand it, unless it is in litigation, that's not a, um, uh, a basis for redaction. So um, I think where you ended up saying, though, is everything was, was linked to, you know, code 12. That number seems to be coming a lot, a lot this evening <laughs> uh, as far as personal information. Uh, but I noticed actually Correct. some things. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the, 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 it was all personal. Medical information was the big one on this. Uh, right. I didn't mean civil litigation. If there was, uh, we had to look at it as, um, I'm just trying to remember in the span of when we were reviewing this and what was going on timeline-wise was, are we jeopardizing any criminal investigation? We weren't in this case, but that was one of the things we were considering. Um, to answer, I know Ms. Schulman had made reference in one of her um, documents that we had redacted a complete page. It was just one big black X. Um, that was a medical photo. I can um, mm -hmm. kind of let her know that that's why there was such a large big black. Um, so a, a person's medical history was provided in a photo. So we were advised by the city attorney that that was a, that was kind of, kind of went into the personal information and privacy concern. So you'll see there's a couple of large black squares. Those were photos. Yeah, page 92, page 93, exhibit two, exhibit three, I guess. Yeah. Okay, very good. But it could have, sorry, but it could have been noted that this was a- What it was. That the, yeah. So, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, I'm sure you've done this in other cases, but for something this voluminous, always great to have an index of right of of, and, of what's there uh, and 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 in, you know to Ms. Schulman's point an index which could have listed uh, you know PDF attachment available for this or available for that for instance anyhow and I, um, and I think that if we when we get to file eight of the agenda you'll see that on our follow up to her. Um, the learning curve already started, and, and we started indexing each individual um, redaction with a coded, with it coded. Could, so, yes, Remember, we, we, could we maybe uh, do? We are. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm ready to make a motion. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do rebuttals, and then I think we're we're going to come to uh, a motion on this. So, Lieutenant Toomey, you get to go first. Uh, for up to three minutes, uh, Cheryl will let you know when she's ready. You ready, Lieutenant Toomey? I yield my time to the chair. Let's we can move on. <laughs> All right. Okay, Ms. Dolman. Thank you very much. I, I also yield my time. Okay. All right. Member Hill, any last thoughts before Member Pilpel? I I I. One feel like that um, the blanket use of of um, that one code that pertains to personnel, medical, or similar files, the disclosure of which would constitute an unwarranted invasion of personal privacy. It's just really difficult for me to put that together with the types of redactions that you see here. Um, Agreed. So an, an index of redactions. Uh, maybe four or five or six or seven different types would have been probably more correct. I, yeah, I, I think it was inappropriate to use that as a blanket um, um, uh, reason for redaction. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we've we've, thought, we've seen that before in many other cases, and we've ruled exactly how I think we're going to rule on that. Okay, uh, in the past, so you know, as Lieutenant Toomey said, hopefully this is all part of their learning curve trajectory. Yeah, it sounds like it seems like that. There's yeah, yeah there's been some okay. learnings already. So, yeah, Member Filpo. Yeah, so I'm prepared to uh, move to find jurisdiction, refer this matter to the task force. Um, I'm open to consent or non-consent. Uh, recommend that we find a, a violation of, uh, let's see, was this an IDR? I don't think so. Ms. Shulman, can you help me with this? Was the original request an IDR, Ms. Shulman? I think she might be muted. I don't believe the first one was. All right. First one was, okay. In, in, all right, so 67.21 um, on timeliness. Um, and help me again, is it 24, 26, 27? 27 is justification. 27 on justification, okay. Um, so 27 on improper, improper or insufficient justification for uh, redactions. Um, so it's those two do you want to include 26 as well for withholding kept to a minimum? Um, or do you... I, I think that, I don't know that there were any records that were withheld. I think it was redaction. Redactions. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I, I'm good okay. with 21 and 27. Okay. You know, we can futz with this at the full task force if it needs it. Um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to add to this, whether it's in the motion or outside, to request the police department to codify its redaction policy. And, you know, again, it's not something that needs to happen tomorrow morning, but yeah. I think it would be good to have that redaction policy. Right. So redacted, but disclosed. Uh, so Lieutenant Toomey, since, you know, mentioning the learning curve, is there now like a template you guys will use? Um, or is that something on a case by case basis as yet? No, we are working uh, in the, we, we are working on having a we have a um redaction code key that we're using uh that we have been disseminating now to the individual because unfortunately our pras come in through different uh come into our agency uh, via different divisions uh, okay. so we do have a uh, a a standardized policy now um great so again, send that send that to our clerk just so that we can um i'm actually going to take a look because I want to see if it's actually part of the key. Well, it's not a policy as much as the key. Um, that, that's why I can provide to yeah. Cheryl. That, that's why I'm saying if you can codify the policy with the key, running up the chain of command, be sure that everybody's okay with it, risk management, Lazar, whoever's got to bless it, all of that, and then get it to us so that we can include that um, in the packet for the full task force. That would help. And and just my final comment on the police department in general, I I appreciate Lieutenant Toomey and I think you're doing a good job and we've heard from Sergeant uh, Winters on other matters. I am just more convinced than ever that the police department has so many different tentacles and layers and all kinds of things that the, the function of dealing with public records I just think is under resourced at police and somebody should have responsibility, probably not in the media division, 
maybe in risk management. I don't know where, I don't care where, chief's office, whatever, however, that's responsible for public records and that all requests go there, that there's a consistent way that, that things are handled, that they get farmed out to other uh, divisions, that there's tracking, that there's a whole system. And I just think that there are like a few people here and there that are dealing with this and you're never going to get up to date and stay up to date because it's just an under-resourced function. Um, and the, the more I hear about building 606 and boxes and all of that, it just, it seems like madness. And if this is ultimately going to be a, a budget uh, request with the police and, and through the city, then so be it. But uh, the, we're, I just don't think we're ever going to get ahead of the curve on public records at the police department without dealing with this writ large. I mean, there are a lot smaller departments in this city that have a lot more resources to deal with public records. And police is a pretty core function for the city. And we're just not providing the, the necessary resources to timely and completely respond to public records requests. So um, that's just my editorial comment. And I, I hope that goes somewhere. Thank you, Mayor Pibble. And then one last question to Ms. Schulman. Um, um, and perhaps Lieutenant can answer this. Were there any PDF attachments that Ms. Schulman has not yet received that you're aware of? And or is that is that a search you're willing to do and furnish her with those? Because, you know, there's, there's no way of her knowing what she got, whether it was an attachment. I believe that's what she was to saying. The best of, to the best of my knowledge and to what I have uh, known in, in the inquiry that we made to receive all of these documents, I do not believe that there's anything with, it, with being withheld or withstanding within the police department uh, regarding her request. Okay. So I don't believe we. I don't believe that we have uh, retained anything. I think we did uh, provide everything, obviously with the redactions that uh, are being, uh, you know, questioned and okay. looked at and examined tonight. But there's no other document that I know of that has not okay. been. Uh, I was just provided. going back to. I was just going back to an earlier comment where you say you get all this information, email traffic, whatnot, as one long PDF within which. I assume an attachment is included. Did you say that, or how, how would someone know whether there was an attachment? To no, an email? I I can speak to this case because when we did provide her with the uh, the PDF of the emails, uh, she did point out, "Hey, there are attachments that I want," uh, mm -hmm. and we sought out and 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 obtained those attachments. So the, her request for those attachments was made I subsequently. See. And, and we inquired about them and got what we could. Um, I can't speak okay. off the top of my head. I can't remember if we were actually able to get all of them, but all that was available was provided. There was nothing that said like, oh, we're not going to hand this to her because of X, Y, or Z. All right. Michelle, if we had it in that, hand, we provided it. Right. Does that, does that ring, ring true on your side? Is that what you recall? Ms. Schulman, you have to unmute yourself. Sorry, yeah, that seems accurate to me that, um, I mean, obviously, okay. I don't know, but yeah, that makes sense. Right. Okay. I, I, I think because both parties are on the same page and we've covered everything, I think this is a perfect consent calendar item. So, um, we've had the motion and we're, we're sending it to, cons to the full STO TF for their consent calendar. Okay. 
and um, we will take public comment on the motion. Did I get a second? I'll second that. Yeah, probably wouldn't hurt to read it. Read the motion back. Until you're seconding it. Yes, ma'am. Meanwhile, Pat, you can check online to see anyone would like to make public comment. There are no members of the public in the room. If there are any remote attendees who would like to make public comment on this item, please press star three on your phone or raise your hand using the app. Raising. Your moment. All right, Andrew, if you can read the motion and then call a roll on it. Wait to see. Okay. There are no hands raised in the um, in the room. All right. Thank you. The motion is moved by Member Pilpel, seconded by member hill to find jurisdiction and refer the matter to the task force for their consent calendar with a recommendation for a violation of 6721 on timeliness and 6727 on improper justification for redactions is that what you wanted that sounds good yes. yep great and and my comment about requesting the policy i think was also heard and if uh, lieutenant Toomey has that and can yeah. provide it that yeah you great. could put period uh EOTC has requested uh, police department policy on redactions to be sent to the SOTF. It's good and, to have the notes to follow up, I think. Yeah, and and we will get back into the question of resources in the future as well. I'm sure and we will. I, I don't. I don't hear <laughs> Lieutenant Toomey disagreeing about that. All right. I'm in a choir loft listening. <laughs> <laughs> I Thank think you member, again to Ms. Shulman. I think Member Pilpel is volunteering for the job, Lieutenant Two. So. I've got him. He'd be good. Yes, we are. You'll find me in a box in Building Six Hundred Six <laughs> with pencil and paper. Member Pilpel. Yes, I. Member Pilpel, I. Member Hill. I. Member Hill, I. Chair Highland. Yes, I. Chair Highland, I. The motion passes. Thank you. Okay. Next item. Next item, item number eight, file number 23047, complaint filed by Maria Shulman against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and a complete manner and 6726 by failing to keep withholding to a minimum. It's the first time this case has been heard. Okay, let's go. Um, so, Ms. Shulman, when you're ready, uh, uh, Cheryl will give you a, a cue to start. You can describe this one to us. One second. You ready, Ms. Shulman? Yes. Go ahead. So, I'm sort of ready. I mean, um, I'm looking at the case. Uh, item number eight in the agenda and it seems to just refer to the same records request that we just discussed and um if that's true then i think we should just drop it because we only need one complaint regarding this records request um i see that i said that um i complained about the pages being blacked out and um what Lieutenant Toomey said makes a lot of sense to me that those are medical records and. Um, Great. So, yeah, it, yeah, it looks fine. like we, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, this looks like we, we covered everything in the 1st 1. Um, 
and we've already got that package and ready to go. Um, we can do a couple of things here. I think the cleanest might be just to have you withdraw it right here on the record, and then it's done. Uh, and then, okay. and then the first one uh, carries on up the chain uh, and and you know records records it for posterity, so to speak. Uh, here. Member Pilpel. Can I just ask, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, was there any other nuance on this one that we should be aware of? Or is this just a, if uh, Ms. Shulman uh, withdraws it, then we're, we're good and we'll carry on with the 043? We're good and we'll carry on. Good. Okay. Great. Okay. So, Mr. Shulman, if you're happy with that, why don't you state that into the record and then we can just yeah I, I formally withdraw this complaint if you can list the number oh um what number is it file number two three oh four seven wonderful and maybe if you can follow up with a an email one way or the other to sure. or... yeah if you could just send, send email send we are officially accepting withdrawal and it's no longer in the hands of the task force wonderful all yeah. right Ooh. Thank you. That was quick. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ms. Shulman, you know, for your an email, then we understanding and for your participation this evening. Lieutenant Toomey, thank you very much. Uh, to both Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Good night, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Maria. Next item, please. Item number nine, hearing education, outreach and training committee. Training work plan. Cheryl, I'm not aware of this item. Is this something we. Request in the past or something you have. I can talk about this. I'm sure you can remember. I'm trying to avoid that. Just kidding. Member Pilpel. Um, so, Member Hill and I talked about this uh, at our ah, September okay. meeting. That's why it is. Um, and this was probably just a, a follow up from that. Um, I continue to be of the view that um, this committee is really the primary place where proactive work in the area of sunshine can and should happen. And not just reactive stuff based on complaints or what else is going on in this building or state capital and, and whatnot. Um, so we had a brief discussion uh, two months ago at the meeting. Uh, Member Hill expressed interest in the task force website. Um, hmm. I commented on a, a number of possibilities. Um, since then, uh, I am intending to. Uh, draft a guide to meetings in the city with the primary audience being um, chairs and members of policy bodies, um, commission, board and commission secretaries and clerks. Um, and, you know, having that be less about legal requirements and more about um, practical suggestions and examples of um, things that I've found around the city um, that work well and that others could uh, duplicate, replicate, or triplicate, I don't know. Um, 
so that's an example of, of a work item. Um, I think we talked uh, earlier about nonprofit entities um, and contracts. Um, and I think once again that from the controller's office to OCA, um, possibly city attorney, uh, various contracting departments, particularly in health and human services, um, DPH, HSA, HSH, um, that there are, there are complaints that, that the task force has gotten about the minimum compensation ordinance and the HCAO and cost of doing business and all of that. Um, but also really to the, the question of what the city is trying to obtain in services from nonprofit contractors. How do we monitor? How do we report? How do members of the public get information about um, those activities, whether they are reported or not, you know, that there's uh, training for these uh, organizations, the responsibilities under 12L, you know, that there's kind of a, a, a what did the kids say, a, a deep dive that we could do into nonprofits. And there's there's been sort of a generational turnover in the city and folks, certainly folks that were not around when 12L was passed. Um, and so just having a, a refresher on all of that and, you know, being reminded of, of the complaints that we've gotten, um, and the concerns about access and, and how much money we're spending on all these things. Um, so that's nonprofits. <laughs> I think member Hill expressed earlier that, um, he was going to talk about the, um, Maria Shulman's concerns at this point. I don't know what maybe under item 10. Oh, that's fine. Um, and, uh, my other comment about, uh, the police department in particular on public records and resources. I mean, I think there are a number of departments that may be under resourced, um, in terms of both public records responses, but also records management and the amount of materials that they have in paper and digitizing and standardizing and stuff that's here, there, and everywhere, and knowing where it is, and um, um, all of that. Um, but police seems like a, a pretty obvious thing, and we've talked about it in a variety of contexts at the full task force end here. So those are just a few items on sort of my uh, to-do list and perhaps this committee's to-do list for the next six months or so. I mean, if we <laughs> make progress on any of these things, all of these things in the next six months, that would be fantastic. Uh, in addition to dealing with our case backlog and um, minimizing that. So I'm, I'm thinking very much about what we can do between now and April when some of our terms are up um, and reporting good progress to the board. And, you know, I think we only make the task force better meeting by meeting um, and sort of turning around the, the nature of how we do business. And I think we're continuing to make good progress in that area with complainants, respondents, and our staff and our fantastic chair over there. So, you know, very good. Very good. And member Hill. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, to the point of, of interest in the website, I still very much have interest in the website. I, um, we had started the process of kind of, um, and I still have the documentation from it started the process of like a reorganization of the menu items, um, uh, a few months ago. And um, kind of hit a dead end, and so you know that that that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask the group 
um, you know, I, it, it seems like when we have, we, we've tried to broach this subject more than once, um, that we would like to reorganize the website. I honestly, it's just like, while we were in the meeting, I was, I'm pretty good about it. Like, I'm, you know, that's what I do for a living. Um, I couldn't find the minutes. I couldn't find the minutes and it, and, it, and I found them eventually, but it's about how the website is the menus on the websites uh, on the website is organized. Um, um, you know, there is actually no menu item called minutes. Um, um, you have to know where it is to go get it. Um, and this is no fault of anybody here um, in this in this place. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Meeting information, meeting events, full task force, committee, regularly scheduled SOTF meetings, audio archive, audio archive. And so I, my first one was like, oh, let's go to the audio archive. Nope, that's just the agenda and the audio meetings. Um, um, the, you know, so then I go back to, okay, well, maybe it's like the full task force. And I, okay, so there, if I go to the full task force, then I see agenda minutes. So it's one of those things. It's like, it's not that this is not a complaint about like anything that anybody is doing or like putting the information out there. It's about how the website is organized, how the menus are organized. And I tend, I'm kind of in like this spot where like we have this conversation and we sort of decided like this is how we would like it organized i don't know where to take it right you know because the what i hear from some folks is that like i don't have y'all don't have control over it we don't that right you don't have control over it and the person that you does have control over it won't give us access to it but we did advise you that if you do want to make changes you have to go to angela because was, he has ultimate I, control of I, all of us i was going to say there might be some sort of overarching look and feel that all departments must conform to for mm -hmm. for you know homogeneity um i i remember there was a new you might remember her uh bishop i think that was her name she, she came and went oh what a shame she was wonderful breath of fresh air from england and she was yeah. the new like it czar if you like uh for a brief period but she had some great carrie bishop she was the head right. of digital services that's there's right. now a, a different um per, a woman a person who's in charge of that and oh that? it who is that? Information technology. That's Linda Gorel. No, it's no, and she's leaving. By the way, she is. Yeah. Oh. Um, no, the head of digital services, whose name escapes me right now. But yes, that's actually a, a different discussion. Is overall mm -hmm. um, website look and feel, and the right, right. has policies around that. But I think Member Hills. Back to Member Hill. I think that there are some short term thing. There's some short term things that we can do that are within the existing that framework that's framework. it and then there's the the sort of blowing it up and that, and and moving things around that's more complicated exactly so that then and so that's why i want to be very specific in my question so when you look at our setup um i'm not talking about like us going to like the new website i'm not talking about us like redoing like where things are on the site i'm purely talking about the menu items and the sub items that are underneath it mm -hmm. when i go to the board of supervisors page it's very clear about the board the clerk of the board legislative research meeting information legislation introduced right. like forms and documents boards and it's the same you can tell content wise it's the same content system that they're, they're still on the same content system that we're on which makes a lot of sense but somewhere in the, along the way someone made a decision 
that this, like the first thing that, that we were going to cover is going to be like the about us page and the about us page is, eh. it's not good. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is a very specific question, right? Who has the ability to make those changes? So let's, let's start with this. Why don't, why don't you, uh, pen a letter, um, saying you wanted to make some changes within the confines of the existing That's structure. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, similar to what we see on your uh, full um, supervisor's page. Yes. Um, uh, who could we give these changes to? Who needs to authorize these changes? And start with that. Okay. And, and, and in the end, it might be, you know, a meeting. And that's to Angela. To Angela Cavillo, okay. yeah. Um, and that can come from, from, you know, you as member of the EOTC. Okay. And, and what I'm hoping she'll do is, is maybe find that person and then the three of you can have a quick sit down and discuss and then she'll kind of sign off on it, give her a blessing right. and we can move forward. It's well, all about who's got the keys to the kingdom, right? right. Who can make the changes. Right. And but I, I believe as our clerk mentioned and, and, you know, collective wisdom dictates, that's probably where it is. Victor uh, Young, would you like to chime in on this? Any thoughts? Just checking he's still awake. <laughs> he's still there. Yeah. He's going to take a second to unmute. Arrow next to his name. That means he's running back from the bathroom right now. Probably <laughs> not quite sure what that means. Anyway, no, I, I'll start with. I'll start with. Yeah, uh, just. I mean, it's a, a, the clerk. Yeah, it just. It just. Let's start with that. She'll certainly be able to direct us. Okay. And, and just as we encourage, for lack of a better term, departments to make their documents and websites um, user friendly mm -hmm. and as intuitive as possible. If our stuff is counterintuitive, right? You're you're looking okay. for minutes, and minutes are buried under. Yeah, we should fix that. I, mean, I, I would I would pay compliments to the supervisor site number one, and yeah. I would say we're asking a permission to lend greater sunshine to our page. <laughs> yeah, it's all about organ. It's all about where things are located and how what right. and what the what right. the menus right. are called that I, kind of stuff. I'm Se not, separate to that, I think we had a technology committee ad hoc. Oh, we wow. did. That's where it was in the. It was in that that subcommittee that we right. that we created this sort of new menu structure. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, the good news uh, is we're yeah, we're willing good, to, to to lay out and do the work, so that a city employee only has to take a minimal amount of time to key in the, the changes. Right. We're not we're not asking for a, a, a huge expensive right. retrofit or Absolutely. anything. I mean, at some point, I think we should think more strategically about what's on and what's not there that's but for that's, the, for, that's 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 later that, yeah. yeah that's later you correct know, we, we talked about a facebook page with there's all, all the, kinds of things but the first yeah. pass is to take what's there and be sure that it's all in a very intuitive way agreed um and and you may find that there's stuff there from 10 15 years ago that may be whatever but i'm happy to leave that to member hill working with uh angela you'll probably end up with wilson and john and whoever else with victor cheryl there's a whole gang and right so why don't we why don't we make a, i don't know if we need a motion but we we could make a motion to or we can just we can uh, uh i think by consensus we can maybe direct, we can uh allow make that a, a member hill project member hill to take the lead and <clears throat> write an email um on our behalf to Angela CC, our admin, so it's in the record, uh, with the things you'd like to do and encourage her to, you know, either refer you directly to the person that can do this for us. Mm -hmm. what, discuss, <laughs> can we do this? Who could help us do it? Um, if you want me to come in and show you on a laptop what I'm talking about, 
and maybe you know set up a quick meeting with her. Um, very busy lady, but you know it's all good questions to ask. Yeah. And for the other three items, yeah. if we can just have them as bullets in the uh, minutes, that would be great. And I'm going to try to um, have a first draft of my meetings guide in two months for our uh, January meeting. That would be great. That would so be great. We'll see how far I get on that. So, Chair Hyland, was that a motion? No, it's not a motion. Uh, or just maybe there'd be maybe we put an item on the agenda for yeah. the next time we meet. For it did say discussion and action. So I, I don't know if we need to make a motion. I don't think we do. I, I think don't think just, we need to. I think yeah. it's just yeah. all right. But this is good. Yeah, We're evolving sure. our work. Through. One other thing I wanted to throw out there. I think, I think it would behoove one or some of us to attend some behavioral health commission meetings, as we're getting a lot of cases mm. from uh, uh, members of the public uh, about how those meetings are run, um, noticing agendas, you know, public comment during the meetings. Uh, I think I might just drop in on an ounce and just, and so if anyone wants to do that, we can coordinate. But I think we need to see on the ground what's happening there uh, in the interests of, you know, proactively helping them rather than, you know, other things, rather than just piling up violations against them. That that's, what's been happening. That's not helping clearly. You know, we had a consent item last year where there was a whole litany laundry list of violations, which appear to be, um, continuing. So I, I think, I think we need to step into the fold and kind of get to ground zero. So that's something, um, Victor, are you back on? Or perhaps Cheryl can answer this. When when do those meetings take place? Do you know? I could probably look it up online. Just curious. Uh, let's see. I think I saw a notice outside um, in 416. <clears throat> there it is. Second Tuesday. Oh, how about that? Uh, so that's that's the same time that our compliance takes place, right? Or they're usually third Tuesday. By the, the monthly meeting schedule for BHC committee, it says third, third Wednesday, Wednesday oh, site at 6 p.m. Okay, so that's the main meet, meet yeah, third Wednesday at 6 p.m. Um, there you go. Okay. Third Wednesday, uh, Wednesday. Oh, okay. I mean, I made, I made the rounds of a number of policy bodies years ago. I'm not particularly looking to do that for myself right now. So I would encourage member Highland to I'll go. check it out yeah, and I'll go. see what you find. Yeah, I'll take a look. I just want to see how they how they do it um future meetings i don't see any I know, yeah they don't have it actually posted yeah okay they still have time i know all right you know maybe they should so they use the plan <laughs> and you know, they whatever they have time all kinds of things um agenda i, I mean uh, i would suspect that you'll find it's it's not as not necessarily as bad as all of the complainants suggest, and it's not necessarily as good as all of the respondents suggest. It's somewhere in between and needs. Interesting. On the website, they're yeah. meeting for Thursday, November 16th. The agenda is not clickable. I wonder if they have it right. anywhere. Right? December 20th would probably be the next. Yeah, but, but, but the last one's not, it's not an active link, right? Oh, it's all the way down at the bottom. It is? Yeah, it's, it's it says BHC agenda that you can't click on, but if you keep scrolling, oh, it's like BHC agenda November. Yeah, it's very non very non intuitive, but yeah, it is there. Okay, Good. that's the November one. Yeah. 
All right. And I don't know. I mean, if you contacted the staff beforehand and said that you may check them out sometime, maybe they will, you know, I don't want to. Oh, okay, fine. Then just, <laughs> just show up and that's your point. Right, secret yeah, shopper. Yeah. Exactly. In case you're listening, but secret, secret, secret center. Chris Island, our secret shopper. All right. Uh, that's the only thought I had. Could we maybe continue the, this item nine in the future so that we have an opportunity to uh, talk about our sure. work sure. kind of separate from yeah. item 10? Yep. Um, I don't know that we need a motion to continue. So no action tonight, but I'll just, just put make it. I'll it just put it on the, on the agenda when we're, we're ready to bring something. January agenda? No, I'll let you know when. Yep. And again, I hope to have a meetings guide and maybe yeah, Deborah when, will have something. Exactly. When you guys have something, yeah. then we'll, we'll bring it back, yeah. back up. All right. Uh, next item, please. Item number 10, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the Sunshine Task Force. Well, it should be EOT. Should be, but that's okay. We like to, you're giving us the full title here. All right. So hopefully we'll change that by by next next month. Uh, Member Hill, uh, Charlin, um, I, I just wanted to ask the question of of the committee and the clerk. Um, you know, if there's anything that we should particularly know about the comment that Ms. Shulman made about the the item that was surprisingly pulled from the agenda. I don't know anything about that. If she sends me an email saying she'd like to open a new case, she's savvy enough and experienced. Hey, maybe I can interrupt a little bit. Uh, the agenda is in the hands of the chair until it's finalized and posted. Uh, we may send notices out in advance, but until that what happens posted, it's in the hands of the chair. So it, I guess the question is, is that what happened? Uh, There's a possibility Hill. that there was a request to continue or postpone that we may have acted on. Uh, okay. and there are rules in our procedures on how we should act, but I'm not sure what happened in this case. Yeah, because typically those favor the petitioner, right, Victor? Yes. Not the respondent, yeah. And, and, and I know in almost all cases we always come back to the Petition and say, hey, so and so's requesting, and uh, uh, they might have a timeliness issue or uh, uh, an issue with like, no, I want, I want to hold on that date, and therefore they're going to have to find someone else to cover them, right? And yes. if they don't send, if they don't send someone, then they're in violation, uh, even though they tried to, 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 you know, postpone it. So it's, it, it favors the petitioner, uh, is what our general policy is. Um, I. I don't, Victor, is there a separate case about that? I think, I, th I thought I heard Ms. Shulman say there was, and that was ongoing, or it was that just a comment? A case that we would accept because that's not sunshine. Right, this is just about, poly this is about procedure, agenda procedure, gotcha. which is, I think was what Ms. Shulman was saying. So that's why, that's why I made the statement of like, let me just mm -hmm. ask the question during our regular open question period, mostly to try to just make sure that she, that, that we, you know, she's not even here anymore, but um uh, or, or listening in um uh, you know but uh, you know but to just ask the question you know i i certainly don't question the the quality of the work of the you know of 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 our group and our staff 
um, you know, I, I was just really just more curious, you know, if, if was there a situation where the respondent said they couldn't show up and so we just pulled it from the agenda as she was alleging, mm-hmm. or is this the first time that we've heard of it and we have no idea what she's talking about? And Victor, not- at the request of the respondent, it's not normal for us. We would right. usually not do that unless there was some other circumstance that the file wasn't ready or we found an issue with the complaint. Right. Then we may pull it because why put it on if there's a problem? Right. So. And just just to follow on question, Victor, um, you mentioned that you sometimes send out preliminary notices to respondents. We send it out uh, about 10 to 15 days prior to the meeting. We say your matter has been scheduled before the committee. If you have anything else to give us, please give it to us within a certain amount of time. But we don't publish the agenda until. Five days, uh, you know, about a week. It's supposed to be 72 hours. Right. So let me let me ask this is is it worth in that in that template that you send out instead to write something like the committee is considering uh, hearing your item on x date uh, if there's any last minute materials uh, please send them to us we'll make a final determination well, and you'll receive an official notice or something just to cover part of the notice cover ourselves it would be up to the task force to decide how you want us to write that it, it just puts a lot of question into the notice is the problem. That's true. We want them to mark the date and be available because they need to, both sides need to appear Maybe on the first one. Cancellation or, or something like that, or subject to change by at the discretion of the chair, but. Right. Now, I will state for the record that we have had some issues of agendas being leaked, which has caused grief to uh, uh, committee chairs because we're getting, uh, you know, Feedback from the public. Oh, you, you know, so and so told me it was going to be on, and like, we're like, no, it was never official. So I believe we've corrected those practices, uh, which is not helping anybody. Uh, but it seems like, you know, one sentence in there, in that maybe at the bottom saying final agenda subject to chair's discretion, something like that. Um, we can draft something and run it by Yankee and the other chairs to see what they think. I think that's a good idea. I mean, just uh, just we'll keep it as an internal thing, and we'll just talk among. I'll, okay. um, staff will talk to the chair Yankee to see what he thinks about it. Very good. Thank you. Okay. I apologize. I have one other question, unrelated to this. This is the time. Okay. Um. So I've had a um, recently have had an an employee of the city and county of san francisco reach out to me and part of the reason why re- that like this person reached out to me is because they know that i sit on this board um and um was inquiring or was asking for some advice about um how to handle a situation where this person is asking for emails that have been exchanged between um his manager and someone else um about um um, this person's employment. Um, and, um, I didn't know exactly how to, you know, like, like, cause I guess like this person is using public records requests to try to get this information and that they've been, and, and has been denied access to information that would have normally been made available in, in this person's, um, view would have been normally made available to the public, but because this person is an employee, 
um, uh, that that this information is being withheld. Um, so I I just wanted to just ask the question: like, does an employee of can an employee of the city also um, be a citizen and request um, public access to records and retreat them um, as a citizen? without being treated differently because they're an employee. Does that make sense? It does. So may I? Yeah, please. So in my experience, public employees can use, and in some cases have, or regularly use the Public Records Act and the Sunshine Ordinance to get access to information. They have, they, they shouldn't really have any more or less access to records, but it may be different because the city is both a public entity and an employer. And there are different responsibilities that the city has as an employer to its employees under collective bargaining agreements, under sure. the state uh, labor sure. code, under MOUs, under all kinds of city ordinances. Um, and there are some instances where some things that would be redacted aren't in other cases where things that wouldn't be redacted are whatever they're they're diff there's a different analysis of a, a records request that comes from an employee for their employee um uh, records mm -hmm. um in some cases city departments are good at and in other cases they're not so good at making clear what those responsibilities and obligations are both in the city employee handbook and in department uh, rules and regulations and implementing um, procedures. But, um, and I'm trying to remember if it's labor code 3501, there's, there's some code provision about how this is supposed to work. And this has come up in the past in uh, complaints before the task force, um, trying to remember the guy at MTA and there are other people who've been yeah, city employees. City employees who request information right. from human resources. Okay. Or from their department. Yeah, from right. their own department. Why and, didn't I get this promotion? Right. And and in some cases the department has responded and said you can't have access to that as a member of the public through a public records request, but you can as an employee mm -hmm. if you use this form and ba 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 ba. So it it becomes form over substance. But there, there are a lot of nuances to that, and there, once again, there should be somebody at each department's um, HR function or the citywide DHR that should be able to explain this to any city employee. Period. Does the, does this employee can this employee use the you know having filed public records requests and and feeling like that they have not received. And having evidence that they have not received the information that they requested, can they use the SOTF complaint process? They can, but part of the the double-edged sword there is then what they've requested becomes a public record. Mm -hmm. What was disclosed becomes a public record. There you get into interesting issues about redaction, of course. and they may or may not want their partially redacted employment record to be in the, the public record. So they should think carefully about whether this is the right venue for them to, Understood. to Understood. pursue that. I think the request was for emails. Um, 
not anything else. The request was for emails um, that this person had had knew that the emails existed, but yeah. in, but a, a part part of them. Um, but when when asking for the request, the response that came back was that there were no responsive records found. Um, and, and so that's where this person is. And so that the, so the, the question that was posed was, can they use the complaint process to, um, you know, to, to try to dig further? Yes. In, in my view, yes. Where that goes may depend, but in my view, yes, they can. Has there been any precedence of that historically? Absolutely. Have there been employees that have filed complaints? There, there have been. Okay. Thank you. That was very helpful. I appreciate it. We're, we're here to help. Um, I just had one, uh, final point on item 10. If someone can pull out a calendar and uh, tell me for our next meeting, that should be the fourth Tuesday in January, which is the something in the 21st to the 28th range, because that's how that works. You don't have a January a desk calendar I, with you. Fourth Tuesday is the 23rd. 23rd. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're still at. Yep. I actually have that on. on it's already been scheduled. Looks like we well, have it on my calendar. Well, you're a much better person. Oh, okay. um, we're still at five thirty. I we discussed briefly last time. Um, Chair Highland, are you possibly available anytime earlier than five thirty so we could get the party started sooner, or not really? I think we also discussed about not changing things. We know, did at a higher level, um, just because you know this is what the public's used to and, and expects. Um, Understood. So that's the I think side of the coin. I would suggest that there's a little more flexibility with EOT because there are fewer things that are sent here and we're a little more proactive. But I hear your point. If maybe you could think about either your availability or whether we could move it up even by a half an hour. Yeah, let me take that under advisement. That's fine. All right. Uh, otherwise, all things being equal, we're back January 23rd, 530. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Allegedly. Great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Is that it? That's it. Next item. Unless item number public. 11, adjournment. What? Sorry, was there any public, public comment? Oh, public comment. Yes, comments. public comment on item 10, please. There are no members of the public in the room. If there's anyone attending remotely and you would like to comment on this item, please press star three on your phone or raise your hand using the app. I'll give you a moment. I see no hands raised. Thank you, Pat. All right, next I item. I remember 11 adjournment. I have 919. Sounds good. Very good. So moved. <clears throat> Second. We we don't actually need a motion. Or by unanimously. By, by, by rising <laughs> acclamation. Exactly. All right. If you could turn off the mics, Cheryl, please. Ending the recording. <laughs>